Can you imagine somebody in Pittsburgh not knowing the offensive lineman? Oh, yeah. Yes. Really? I don't know that I could name all five of them now. I think God. I could get three out of five right now, I bet. God, I feel oh, like you could do better than that. Fire it off left to right. Okay. Wait, left to... Let me just... I'm just going to go in no particular order. Uh, DeCastro, Pouncey, uh, Villanueva, and then it starts to get a little shifty from there. Uh, a little gray area. <laughs> I know this is wrong, Something but I'm just going to go with Ramon Foster because I know. There you go. Yeah. Oh, really? yeah. He's still on there. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. Marvell Smith. No. <laughs> <laughs> and Alan Fanica, obviously, is yeah. still on the team. So. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's four minutes after six at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Love it. It's 60 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. President Trump is publicly accepting the U.S. intelligence assessment that there was Russian interference in the presidential election. He did damage control yesterday after his controversial summit with Russian President Vladimir Putin this week. At a news conference with Putin, Trump said he didn't see any reason why it would be Russia meddling in the election. However, yesterday he walked that back and said what he meant to say was there's no reason it wouldn't be Russia. <laughs> the jerk store called and they're all out of you. We for, uh, That's what I meant to say. What I said, baby, was I don't not have herpes. <laughs> I mean, the weird thing about it is he didn't need to say anything because it doesn't change anybody's mind in one way or another. Not Nobody. at all. Well, look- you know what it is, though? It it gives it gives the rest of the Republicans a little bit of cover to say he clarified his statement. Plausible di- deniability. Yeah, it just gives them an ability to, to surface without having to answer to for that. I looked at my wife last night, and I was like, am I supposed to be doing something? <laughs> She's like, well, what? I was like, well, it seems like everyone's pretty pissed about this Trump thing. She's like, yeah, we probably should be doing something. I was like, well, what should we do? She's like, ah, I don't know. Let's watch the West Wing. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, Pennsylvania's Auditor General wants the federal government to help keep voting systems protected from election interference. Eugene DePasquale says he sent letters to the offices of the Department of Homeland Security, three U.S. attorneys, and the FBI to begin discussions on the matter. DePasquale says Pennsylvania is reviewing its options to modernize election systems. It got hacked, right? The Pennsylvania voter rolls? I think one of them, There was a... uh, uh, a Post-Gazette story about it, and I remember thinking at the time, nobody's talking about this. The Pennsylvania it's a big deal. voter rolls hacked by the Russians. It was a one-day, non-discussed story in the paper and gone like bridge work on well, uh, yeah, 51. But, yeah, and we weren't the only... Oh, I know. Yeah, it was all over. But I just well, remember thinking like, wow, times have changed. This would have freaked everybody the F out back in the day. Now we're like, oh, no, that's probably nothing. The problem with, you know, going and having that summit over there in Helsinki is that they really aren't clear on their line of defense because there's only two there's only two lines of defense. One was that there was there was no meddling in the election. They did nothing. And the other one is, okay, they meddled in the election, but it didn't matter. Right. And you kind of can't be foggy on that. (laughs) Yeah. Because well, the, the the intelligence agencies aren't saying, well, it might be Russia. Like, even yesterday, he was like, could be Russia. Also, could be a lot of other people. You don't know. There's a lot of people in the world. And I like the fact like, that he, he, he wrote 
he hand uh, wrote into his prepared statement, but there was no collusion. He added that part, <laughs> and he crossed out the part where he said, we're going to hold the people accountable who did this. Well, I mean, if the Steelers, if somebody was helping the Steelers win the Super Bowl every year, uh, if the NFL was like, yeah, but that's wrong, they'd be like, yeah, look, that they should really stop doing that. Yeah. But I mean... You know, if the end result is we win the Super Bowl, what are you going to do? I'm not that mad about it. it it's funny because, you know, uh, there's a there's a saying in NA where it's like a junkie will steal your stuff and then help you look for it. And that kind of feels like what Putin was offering, like you you come over here. <laughs> you you we investigate these people. You say they did this bad thing. Right. It's like you did it. It's you. You're investigating you. I, I don't think it's on the up and up, no. Vlad. Uh, it's it is hilarious. There's no way we can really know what impact it had at this point. Well, to, do you think election? Do you think the campaigns have any impact on an election? Of course. Yeah. Well, then you think that hacking has an effect. Do you think that, that? Here's the thing. There's a misconception between hacking is in change the vote total and hacked the DNC illegally and then leaked their information so it could be tactically used by the other side. That so they were able to run a better campaign as a result. They were able to get people disenfranchised as a result of that. So if you don't think that hacking that information illegally and releasing it had any effect, then why do we have campaigns? Just have, here's the day we vote. Right. Well, this is this is the overall thing that I've come to notice is, remember when Obama was in power, you'd always hear about WikiLeaks and uh, Anonymous. You know, Anonymous would be uncovering stories about the U.S. government and WikiLeaks would be coming out with all sorts of scandals. I haven't heard anything from either one of those two organizations nope. since uh, since the uh, the changeover. And if they they touted themselves as you know kind of anarchists for freedom of uh, information and everything like that, sure seems like they're kind of quiet right about now. Well, if you follow the Mueller investigation and what's been happening, I mean, it's particularly the got co-opted WikiLeaks, by Russia. Yeah. They're, they're an arm of they're a part of the GRU, which is the Russian sort of secret ops unit isn't that, that the organization in in the despicable me yeah it is, is yeah group yeah that's the guy's name <laughs> um the um the that last Mueller indictment where the, the 12 russian operatives were named if you read through what that was they have they know who did what how they did it how they interacted with wikileaks who was the broker i mean there are Right. Sitting members of U.S. Congress who are soiling their pants right now because they weren't na- they weren't named by name, but they said a member of Congress was the conduit. People think it's either Dana Rohrabacher or the other jackass who keeps breaking the law out there in California. Those two, the guy who has the winery, Nunes? yeah, him. This is the problem, though, is that it's such a complicated issue. Is that when you try to decipher what happened. You get like three steps in, and I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't is, know. What's, like, they wild. need to come out with like a schoolhouse rock version of this thing. Like, <laughs> I'm just a trader, just an American trader, and I laundered money for the. <laughs> That's exactly what they should do. Because this goes so deep. Remember, like, I, rem- I, I can't remember who said this, but I think it was one of the oppo uh, firms that was up on the hill, and they were getting grilled by congress and they basically said hey look like 
We didn't realize when we started doing research on Trump that it was going to be like this. It was kind of like we threw a line in the water and then we caught Moby Dick. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think there's any there's so many tentacles to this doubt at this point after the last couple of days that if you don't think he has some sort of if there's not an ounce of him being compromised here, I think you're being naive for one reason or another. The way that all went down. With him in front of Putin. I don't think this guy did anything. And Putin I understand will... tactically why he would say that here. And he has to say that for his own defense. He Because at some point, those two roads merge. The meddling and the collusion become one road at mm-hmm. some point. But why would you go over and have that meeting? Like, Rosenstein uh, maybe, maybe briefed him about said... the 12 Russians before he went. He had plausible reason to cancel the whole thing i don't know it's horrific i it it's it seems like oh well this is the rest of our lives this is never going to not be every day the new news what's he doing today oh oh he's tearing the arms off of uh people (laughs) and uh you know then holding their arms ransom it's don't commit a crime and you won't get your arms ripped (laughs) off we're that's where we're headed there's no doubt about it Amazon's Prime Day didn't have a sale on trips to space, so that means if you want to blast off in one of Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin rockets, well, you'll have to pay the full price between two hundred and three hundred thousand dollars starting in twenty nineteen. Blue Origin expects to offer space tourism packages. Each rocket will blast up to six passengers, 62 miles above Earth in a capsule attached to a huge rocket. Once you're up there, you'll get to experience a few minutes of zero gravity weightlessness and see that the Earth is round. Uh, Then the pressurized (laughs) capsule will fall back to Earth 20 minutes later and land safely by using parachutes. So you think if you're an Amazon shareholder, you're like, can we not do this? Yeah. Do we need to, This seems like a very small income source for us with the catastrophic PR nightmare written all over it. I think what would be a better uh, program would be just buy some air airplanes. You can flip your you can fly yourself somewhere you know fly yourself somewhere prime or three days three to five days ground. I think he's going to be doing that soon. I mean no the question. people I'm worried about right now on an equal level are Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, because they are the Lex Luthors just waiting to happen. Totally. And Jeff Bezos is the guy who everybody's like, oh, no, but he's, on, he's a good guy. Whole Foods, Washington Post. I'm like, nope, this is how he does it, dude. He, he's going to get control of everything. Soon he's going to own all of the grocery stores all over the world. And we're going to have to, like, be, like, say, a Bezos prayer as we're checking out or something. It's going to happen that way. He <laughs> looks the part already if you've seen, water. like, if you look at pictures of him from back in, like, 1994, he's just wearing, like, an Argyle sweater and, you know, mm-hmm. now he's on HGH. He's got his head buzzed. <laughs> yeah. The HGH look is such a weird look. Big Barry Bonds skull. Your jaw just, like, juts out like a lantern. I mean, that part of it I would like. It would be cool if all of a sudden you had, like, the big uh, Superman jaw mm. out of nowhere. But when you didn't have it to begin with, it probably looks weird. It's like putting fake boobs on somebody who never had them. <laughs> and then they have, like, triple Ds. You're like, that doesn't look mm. good on you. No, that's weird. No, no, I'm very masculine. Big jaw. Mm-hmm. Not Huge. the HGH. Just a late bloomer. Uh, according to a new study, 5.4 million U.S. consumers will cut the cable cord this year. 
This compares to 4.8 million last year and 3.8 in 2016. Looks like the trend toward streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Hulu is continuing to gain strength. I'm so close. The only thing that's keeping me tethered is the Penguins. I can't get the oh, Penguins yeah. on Netflix. That's the only thing. Sports and news. Mm-hmm. Can, what about, isn't there an NHL package? Probably. Uh, I know there is on Apple TV. There's like an NHL app. And it doesn't block out or anything if you buy it, you have That's access to That's the thing, I don't know. Like, I, I tried hooking up one of those HD antennas and that petered out on me pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So I cut the cord for roughly seven hours and then I called Comcast back. I was like, ha hi. Uh, <laughs> you turn everything sex? back on again? Whoa. I was just kidding. Does Amazon Prime allow you to watch network television and no. news? And, no, no. No, no, they have videos and like I bought. It's like I'm, Netflix I'm, then. I'm Amazon Prime, but like I never find the movie I'm actually looking for and end up having to buy it every time. <laughs> On Amazon Prime? Yeah. I yeah, I guess I watch a couple documentaries. One of their shows or two of their shows. I watch that Rob Delaney show. Uh, I can't remember what the name of it is right now. And then uh, I watched the Grateful Dead documentary that they had on there. But most of what they had on Amazon, and I thought this was funny, and I'm like, I hope their products aren't actually like this. It would say, like, documentary, um, Alice Cooper. You'd be like, oh, that looks like a cool Alice Cooper documentary. And then you'd watch it. It would have no Alice Cooper music in it. They wouldn't have the rights to it. It would be, like, his next-door neighbor's cousin from back in the day. And it would just be, like, somebody reading the Wikipedia on Alice Cooper. He was born in Detroit, Michigan. (laughs) Was it just Jack Black? (laughs) Singing all his music because what was that movie? It was like for your consideration or something. It was no, uh, a I, movie store that didn't have the uh, the money oh, to pay uh, for the rights. Be kind, rewind. Yeah, be kind, rewind. Yeah. <laughs> because they would sweeted all their films. They called it like it was the Swedish version in the Pittsburgh down at the Row House. They had the Pittsburgh Swede Festival. Yeah, where it wasn't that just recently. Wasn't yeah, a couple it? weeks ago, where people did their own versions of popular movies, like homemade versions of Star Wars and stuff like that. That is apparently a big movement that hipsters do that I did not know about until like three weeks ago. I want to see one that's like, that's good. You know what I mean? Like how good can it be? Right. Yeah. I don't, I think they're short too though. You know what I mean? It's not like you sit through the two hours. We should sweep a uh, Kennywood memories. Oh dude. I'm telling (laughs) you right now, man, a shot for shot recreation of Kennywood memories. You just get all your B-roll footage from the Carnegie Science Center's train, like Ferris wheels and the whip going around. Yeah, exactly. It would be great. An Alabama man who walked close to 20 miles to get to work recently is getting a car from the CEO at his company. It was the first day on the job for Walter Carr, and his car broke down, so he decided to walk to the moving company in Pelham, Pelham Alabama. Word of the young employee's dedication got back to the higher-ups at Bell Hops Moving Company. So CEO Luke Marklin said Walt, what Walter did was incredible, and it's everything the company stands for. A GoFundMe page was set up to help Walter fix his car, but instead Marklin decided to give the young man the keys to his SUV. He said Walter truly raised the bar. Uh, so high-heeled Crocs are now a thing. <laughs> oh, my God. If you've been waiting for the day when you could get your feet into the uh, stylish shoes. Nice little rubber, rubber made. Yep, they are now available on Amazon for $110. That sounds a little pricey. I, why are Crocs not 20 bucks? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you, didn't, you don't even have to go to a shoe store to buy them. 
You always know your shoe is high quality when it floats. (laughs) It's got about a two-inch heel. You can buy it at the container store. And they come in gray and purple or black. So there you go. (laughs) What occasion would it be appropriate to wear high-heeled Crocs? (laughs) To a wedding where they're all wearing, like, camouflage tuxes. You ever, you ever seen those where they have the, the camo vests? Isn't and... that what uh, Mama June got married in? They Didn't they have a camo wedding? Yeah, that makes sense. Or like a black tie event to like a fundraiser for the nursing union or something like that. That's the only thing else I could come up with. Did Mama June marry the the Honey Boo Boo's dad? Sugar Bear? Sure, yeah. <laughs> I no. think. No, she got, had a wedding. I think it was to him. Uh-uh. And, I, what? I there think, was no? some wild uh, stuff. I know she was having an affair with somebody else she Sweet was god yeah <laughs> but i'm not sure if she married the new guy just or knocking crocs with somebody <laughs> <laughs> croc knockers <laughs> this weekend on 80 a new documentary about david bowie is on the way and will focus on the late rock and roll hall of famers early years the upcoming documentary will be titled david bowie the first five years and will serve as the prequel to previous documentaries david bowie five years and david bowie the last five years both of which aired on bbc the new documentary is scheduled to air next year san francisco officials are banning tour buses from getting near the full house house City's Municipal Transportation Agency voted in favor of prohibiting all commercial tour buses from being on the street where the famous TV house is located. Uh, the house was made famous in the 90s sitcom and the Fuller House reboot, uh, but neighbors say they are sick and tired of the hundreds of tourists that jam their lower Pacific Heights street. The ban will reportedly be in effect within the next six weeks. And somebody put together a list of the best bad movies of all time. Okay. Which this will be debatable. Uh, number 10 on the list, Tremors. I never mm-hmm. saw people like it, though. I know that. Showgirls. Oh, I watched that a bunch of times. It's so bad. <laughs> Flash. Jesse Spano. Oh, my God. Flash Gordon. It's great. Armageddon. Oh, Armageddon wasn't... Th- this I, is a hipster list again. Armageddon back in 1996 or whenever it came good. out was the great. was incredible. Seen it again? Full of stars. Like, I haven't seen I it. I don't in, need to see it again. <laughs> Roadhouse. Roadhouse is... That qualifies. Come on. Awesome. Yeah, that's... I, again, don't that think it's that great. bad. No. I mean, it's this, These cheesy. are the best it's definitely cheesy. Well, by today's standards, like, it, it is, but back then it wasn't that bad. Xanadu. Don't Which is it. way before your time. Horrific. Uh, Repo, the genetic opera starring Paris Hilton. It's a horror musical I've no, never heard of. No, that doesn't deserve no. to be on the list. Number three is Anaconda. Oh, that was funny. Deep Blue Sea with Thomas Jane. Never saw it. And the Sharknado movies. Col- this is a terrible list. That the is, best yeah. bad movies. Yeah, I know, but they're not even good bad movies. Like All right, well, Roadhouse what would you put on should the list? be number one. Yeah, like, Roadhouse. See, I could. The... Yeah, you can make. That's the way I feel like that list should be. Like, that's a good indication right there. Like guilty pleasure. Like Dolomite. Dolomite's a legendary yeah. bad movie. <laughs> it's not well made, but it is so fun to what watch. What about like Death Wish? Like those like uh, Charles Bronson movies. Like they're not good, but they're still kind of classic, aren't they? I don't know. I think those are considered to be like. 70s classics yeah kind of like one crazy summer or better off dead like those weren't considered great movies and i thought they were absolutely i love those i love them savage steve holland 
I don't know. I mean, the 80s is such a specific genre of movies. Like, I just feel like you can't make movies like that anymore. I thought you were going to say Repo Man. I would have said, yeah, that's on mm-hmm. there. Like, with... Men at Work. <laughs> Men at Work with Emilio. Emilio Estevez and Harry Dean Stanton are in Repo Man. Emilio and Charlie Sheen are in uh, Men at Work. Ho- a horrible movie. Fun to watch. Look, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to offend Carl Curlander and say that St. Elmo's Fire is a good bad well, movie. at the time it was a great movie huge. you know huge hit yeah it's just a good movie was it was it critically acclaimed i don't know if it was necessarily critically acclaimed none of that brat pack stuff really was though okay so if it wasn't critically acclaimed and it wasn't a hit at the box office then you can say it's a great bad movie but that was yeah, but a hit it, at the, the box Sharknado office. movies were never at the box office. They were TV movies. So. And they were meant to That's be That's why bad. they That's shouldn't that, even be on the they list. They were purposely designed to fit into that list Cheesy. right there. Yeah, that doesn't count. And uh, today's National Hot Dog Day, if you care. I didn't even bring you anything. <laughs> Clouds and sun, upper 70s for the high. It's 60 at DVE. Uh, Mr. Wednesday is here. Summary. Yeah. Very summary. The sun peers uh, through the through the, the blinds this morning. It looked like we were doing a show in California here for a little while on a like Dude. Sunday night or something like that. It's like looks awesome. The angle yeah. of the sun right now is really cool. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't want to be driving in it though. So be careful, folks. But it's not going to be as hot as it was the last few days, right? No, it's going to be beautiful. It's nice and Good. cool it was this morning. Great last night. We have Louis Anderson on the show today. Whoa. He's going to be at the Carnegie Music Hall of Homestead this Saturday night. Also, B.C. Taylor, son of B.E., is going to be joining us to tell us about carrying on his father's tradition. The Christmas shows are back. Double M, Mark Madden will be here in a little bit. Benzie's coming in with sports when we return on the DV- DVE. Sports. All right, Pursuit is still out, and Tim Betts filling in with your sports this morning on the DVE Morning Show. It's brought to you by BobbyRayhall.com. More fallout from the Le'Veon Bell contract saga. Adisa Bakari, Lev's agent, returned serve against presumed leaks from the Steelers organization and Steelers fans who are upset at his clients for turning down a contract offer of, allegedly, five years, $70 million. Now Ian Rappaport is reporting that the signing bonus is only $10 million. Gee, who do you think that came from? Right. Right? So if the Steelers are going to put out, hey, look how much money we're going to offer them, then the next thing that comes out is, boy, that signing bonus is less than we thought. Now, you know what? It could be. It could be $10 million Because what if his salary for next year is $12 million? Well, there's 22 of that alleged 33 right there in the first year. So Bakari was on the Sirius NFL channel yesterday talking about why Bell decided not to sign. The most important element of it is the guarantee. And you couple that with the traditional way in which Pittsburgh does its deals, which at the end of the day, nothing's guaranteed after the first year. Right. So when they sign the deal and they're sitting there with a check in their hand with $10 million for your signing bonus, yes, that's the only thing that's guaranteed. But like I said, what would, would they have negotiated with Le'Veon Bell for two years to sign him give him a $10 million signing bonus, and then cut him before September? Of course not. Right. So you tack on whatever the first year of the deal is, that's at least likely two-thirds of the first two years of the guaranteed money. And I was racking my brain trying to figure out the last time the Steelers signed a big-ticket free agent of their own beyond their rookie contract, and he didn't last at least two years. 
Even the bad mm. Lamar Woodley contract mm-hmm. lasted mm-hmm. three. Right. So. And that was a bad one. What are they so that wound was up about? Really bad. You know, if, I, I, if they, I actually believe thirty-three to forty-five million over two to three years. I believe that somewhere in that neighborhood, I think was their plan to sign Lev Bell, to sign Lev Bell. And it wasn't good enough for Lev Bell. It wasn't good enough. So they're kind of trying to play the PR game now. This is where you, both sides trying to wash. The right. Contract. Who comes out smelling better on this one? Yeah. Well, or less it, bad. It, it doesn't matter for Lev. He can't do any damage control in the eyes of Steelers fans. They, his, if he acted like Heath Miller and then this was going down, he might have a, a leg to stand on with the fans. But the fact that he's been rapping about how much money he wants, Heath's a bad example. because there's, yeah, That's as soon as you said that the first thing that went in my mind is a Heath Miller rap album, and I'm just <laughs> having a hard time picturing that right now. He's it's, hanging out with Wiz. Or, the most milk toast album ever. It's just silent with him thanking people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the humblest rapper ever to do it. Just want to thank my mom and dad. Yo, I couldn't be this great without a lot of people around me supporting me. You know what I'm saying? It's the, the modest so rapper. many great people blocking and doing things that you don't hear about every day. <laughs> His hype man would be yelling Heath in the background, and Heath would be like, "That's a little much. Let's, let's, yeah. let's, let's tone it down." Uh, Bakari did say that Bell will show up before the regular season starts, though, and I actually believe that too. For, for as upfront as they have been about being in your face about what they are demanding, and coming through on it, I guess I actually believe that they will show up, too. I did kind of think before this whole thing happened that the Steelers might dodge a bullet if Lev Bell and his agent are hell-bent on becoming the highest-paid running back in the history of the game, or one of the highest-paid players in the game, etc. Because I don't know that you want to be the one who experiments with, well, is he going to be at that high level until he's 30? How old would he be at the end of this contract? Uh, So he's 27, he'd be 32. 32. Yeah. I mean, right now is when a lot of these guys start to decline. And this struck me yesterday, too. The great irony of all this is they are working to do this for one year. Because as soon as they do it, Todd Gurley in Los Angeles turns around and says, that's the bar, make me this much better. And all the work that they've done to be number one is out the window. Right. If their Mm. goal is to be on top, yes. For sure. If it's all about the ego, yeah. But and that's where the Steelers may dodge a bullet because they might have to do this all over again as soon as he sees what Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon and Leonard Fournette get, and he wants that. Hey, they move the goalposts. I'm better than those guys. Uh, speaking of big money, Brandon Cooks, the former Patriot, former Saint, now Los Angeles Ram, gets an extension worth $80 million. We don't know the guaranteed money on that. Before I get away from the Steelers, though, Antonio Brown, who, as we all know, famously told us about five weeks ago that he's suffering from a severe case of media overexposure and fatigue, (laughs) has apparently been cured because it has been revealed that he is on the cover of the Madden 2019 video game and he's on Jimmy Kimmel tomorrow night. That's a lot of pressure. So much pressure. Yeah, he doesn't feel so bad anymore. How is that going to go, that conversation? How's Kimmel interviewing A.B.? What direction do you think that's going to go? I have no idea, but it could be great. Well, I tell you, you know, we've had him on the show a few times, and there are moments where he's really lucid and dialed in and sort of not in this weird A.B. world. Because he always strikes me as, when you talk to him, uh, he is distracted because he's looking at himself. (laughs) It's like he is so narcissist. (laughs) To the core. Or discracked, as he would say. 
yet. Distracted. But I mean, he is the the Greek character looking at the, his reflection in the water. <laughs> And that he eventually falls into. Except in this case, it's the Facebook Live video of himself. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> He's drowning in the Facebook Live video. I'm streaming. I just poke myself. So he might pull it together and be like a very cordial guest and somebody who... Uh, I literally think that guy can do no wrong. I think when you have that level of like unflappable self-confidence, like he could have been a, a successful proctologist mm-hmm. with the way that he delivers messages. He'd be oh. like, listen, you got a couple polyps up in there. I'm going to take care of that. No problem. I would not want to hear my proctologist say, Booming though, like they, <laughs> booming. Like, no, don't, don't boom. You ready for Tony Toe Touch? <laughs> Hold on, wait. Toe taps. I'm just gonna put these gloves on. They're receiver gloves. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wait. Oh, I shouldn't have put stickum on these. <laughs> So it's going to be sandwiched between Imagine Dragons and Jim Gaffigan. Those would be the other guests. Oh, my Lord. Because obviously you think Antonio Brown, you think Imagine Dragons and Jim Gaffigan. I love love Imagine Gaffigan. (laughs) (laughs) If you've ever seen A.B. do like a national hit, though, he's good. Like he's good. Like he cares. That's what that's locally. I don't think he cares. No, he's looking at himself. You guys are pests. Yes. You don't matter. You're just trying to get something on me. You know what I mean? Like yes. he's he has they they fully have their guard. And in up. fairness, he's right. Yeah, so, <laughs> you're trying to get him. He's not wrong. Uh, let's go to the All Star Game last night in Washington. It went like this. Luis, here's one into right, back at the wall. This thing is tied. It's Joe Buck on Fox. One of ten home runs hit last night in the All Star Game. Wow, ten. 8-6, to six, your final score is the AL beats the NL. That was Scooter Jeanette tying it in the bottom of the ninth when extra innings. The AL goes on to win. Rough night for a couple of the former Pirate pitchers. Charlie Morton gave up two. Jay Happ gave up one. Felipe Vasquez, though, somehow managed to work a clean inning. Of the 14 runs that were scored, 13 were by virtue of home runs. The only non-home run run was a sacrifice fly. And there were something like 20, 25 wow, or 26 really? strikeouts. So the whole theory of baseball Everyone's... is nothing but strikeouts, walks, and home runs manifested to the nth degree in the All-Star game last night. Um, one major trade occurred during All-Star week, it appears. Baltimore is about to trade Manny Machado to the Dodgers, so I guess the Pirates are out on that one, unfortunately. Not going to get Manny Machado. Yeah, not going to get him. Another huge NBA trade. Uh, Spurs might send Kawhi Leonard to Toronto for DeMarcus DeRozan. And uh, thoughts going out to Jim Kelly as he continues his battle against cancer. The former Bills quarterback and East Brady native scheduled to have an uh, unscheduled follow-up on a development from his jaw surgery in March. So thoughts going out to him. Kind of on a better note in that regard, if you haven't seen the ESPN special with Larry Fitzgerald, he did one of those My Wish things that they do this time of year. I think the first one was with Larry Fitz. Took a kid out who had leukemia to Cardinals practice. It was, it was really good. Oh, I saw boy, it last I bet. Night, so. I want to see it. And Larry Fitzgerald just has that reputation of... You know, doing the right thing off the oh, field yeah. all the Such time. Such a great dude. Solid guy. Fowl's got news top of the hour. What do you got? I'm going to tell you the two things women find more pleasurable than sex. Louis Anderson's on the show a little bit later on this morning. And uh, Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday, sitting in with us here this morning on D. It's a DV morning show. <laughs> Jeff Conkle's uh, with us, Mr. Wednesday. Oh. oh. Can I give my real quick shout out to the Kennywood maintenance crew? 
Oh, my God. On this show? Are you kidding me? Yes. These guys, I lost my phone on the racer on Saturday like an idiot, and they <laughs> found it, and they gave it back to me, and they were so nice and courteous and professional, and they are awesome. So that is incredible. If you can only choose to lose your phone in one place in Pittsburgh, make it Kennywood Park. Oh, I mean, look, it's the greatest place on earth. It really Kennywood. is. But for me, Kennywood will always be that time machine that you walk back into and you're immediately in Kennywood memories. Like, I don't care what year it is, Kennywood will always be. When I first started here, there was a lot of older buildings in the park. We had some older rides, and now things are sort of changing. It still has its character, but it's a little different now. It's not the old stuff anymore. It's a little newer, and you sort of have to adjust yourself to it, you know. It's like a little faster-paced world out here now. But it's almost like Kennywood's here regardless of the public coming in and out, different generations and the different management that comes and goes or whatever. Kennywood's here, and it's probably always going to be here. That's right. Whether you get your fancy uh, hover hoverboards or hover cars or fancy cell phones, Kennywood's always going to be maintained by guys with screwdrivers. <laughs> Deep thoughts by Yocrates. <laughs> Pittsburgh Socrates. Yocrates. I like that. Uh, did you guys see the trailer for the new Queen movie, Bohemian Rhapsody? With, I did. I, well, I have to say that everybody's freaking out saying that Rami, how do you say his name, Val? Rami Malek? Yes. They're like, oh, he looks so much like Freddie Mercury. But I only know him from Mr. Robot, and he just looks like the guy from Mr. Robot to me. I think they did a pretty good job making him look like Freddie Mercury. They got that overbite just down pat. The, the, the beginning of this movie, though, is kind of like the Spider-Man Don't Touch Me There musical where they've had <laughs> some serious difficulties getting this thing cast. First of all, Sasha Baron Cohen, Jim Carrey, like a lot of people backed out of it. And then didn't somebody die in filming it? Like somebody, like an extra or something got hit by a train? No, that was Greg no, Allman. Oh, yeah, that was the Allman Brothers movie. Right. Although, if they combine those two movies, it that would, would be, be pretty incredible. Be, pretty <laughs> That's a movie everybody wants to see. Um, Maybe they'll do like an Avengers kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> we might as well go there. But this has been, as you stated, a little bit of a troublesome project because originally Sasha Baron Cohen was slated to star in it, and then he had problems with the arc of the story. Um, apparently, Brian May and the rest of Queen and then Freddie Mercury's family have different ideas of what they want this movie to be. And now it's done, and apparently they're not going to be focusing too much on Freddie Mercury's illness or uh, the later stages of his life where he revealed he was gay. For a long time, you know, that was like... It was like a weird time in our culture where it's like, is Elton John gay? And he had to come out in uh, Rolling Stone, and he wouldn't even say, like, yeah, I'm full-on gay. He was like, well, I might be. I mean, maybe a little I'm bit one way or the other. gay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> David Spade used to have a joke. He goes, Queen was my favorite band growing up. He goes, had no idea they were gay. He goes, probably should have seen that one coming. First thing, name's Queen. <laughs> Pretty obvious when you start thinking about it. But I think Freddie Mercury was the only gay guy in the band. Am I wrong as about that? As far as I know, yeah. Uh, the other cool thing about them, they all, they all had number one hits. Every member of that band wrote a number one oh, hit. Oh, really? Which is oh, that's fairly rare. Yeah, that's like unheard yeah. of. Um, but I don't know. I I uh, I don't have a hundred percent problem with uh, the direction they're going with this movie. I don't think that they're 
that people don't know Freddie's life story there, and it was kind of tragic. The the salaciousness of the orgies that he used to throw was part of what I guess Sasha Baron Cohen wanted there to be in there because he used to have those three day orgies <laughs> where he rent out a mansion in Germany or something, and it would just be a drug fueled three day sex party. Hard to capture on film. Yeah, well, that that was that was what I was reading some comment online, and somebody brought up a good point. You know, because people were complaining, they're like, "Well, it doesn't." You know, where where's the story about him? Uh, you know, dying, addled with a uh, debilitating disease, and someone brought up, they're like, "Is that what you think of when you hear a Queen song, or do you think like, God damn, this is hard ass rock, and I want to party right now?" And they were like, "That's kind of what the movie seems like. It's been going for, going for a little bit more." Well, maybe they could address it in like the same way that draft day doesn't really have anything to do with the season. It just all leads up to that, and it ends with the team running on the field. Like maybe it's just right up to the point where he gets AIDS, <laughs> and then the movie ends. Well, that's the other thing is I don't want to. It doesn't need to be that graphic. <laughs> yeah, right. It just he, Cut. he contracts AIDS. The end. Well, that's like to Randy's point is like who doesn't know that story at this point? Like they, they, that doesn't need to be retold. It's like Spider Man's origin story. Like we we everyone knows it's in the public you know uh, domain right now. We understand that that that's that's part of the uh, story that we get. But yeah, I what I, I watched the uh, Queen has some incredible uh, live. Did you ever see Queen like rocks Montreal? Oh, dude, that's the greatest. Oh, yeah. I one time, my buddy and I used to have a like condos that were in the same complex, and it was raining one Friday night, and he was like, uh, like he was like, you want to come over and we'll watch like some like movies or or whatever." And I was like, "Yeah." And so we see, I see the Queen doc or the Queen live in Montreal. We're like, let's throw that on. Like, I heard that's pretty good. So we start watching it, and we're drinking, and it's a, a Friday night, two guys, and we're watching Freddie Mercury slowly and slowly get a little bit more flamboyant. He starts off off with you know his classic wife beater and just jeans by the end of the night he is wearing like a tube top a (laughs) montreal canadians cap a kerchief and like sequence shoes or something like that and we looked at each other we like oh oh, i gotta go (laughs) well that's punch me yeah that's like uh rob halford judas priest I mean, all those guys, it wasn't just that they were like, yeah, I'm into metal. And I guess the the cool thing about the metal community was people didn't stop liking Judas Priest because of it. Like, I think the assumption was like, oh, these homophobes are really going to hate this. But it is funny that he sort of introduced the whole metal culture's fashion is based around S&M. Yeah. Like they still wear like those dudes are wearing those le- leather studded gloves and it's all turbo lover uh offshoots or whatever. Yeah, but you I mean it didn't go so far as to have like assless chaps or anything like that. <laughs> uh, right he up wore to chaps, the edge. didn't he? He wore chaps, but yeah. like, you know, your buddies who like Judas Priest didn't like wear assless <laughs> chaps. Oh, no. Like it wasn't that far down the line. David Lee Roth did. Yeah, but I mean David Lee Roth. I mean I, I, he really is the clownest clowniest clown of, <laughs> that ever classic rocked but man was he hot back in the day like if you look like around 80 1980 to 84 yeah. he's not some he of those the pictures dude ever he is a guy just like freddie mercury that has so much overflowing charisma that it negates his actual physical appearance. This is true. David Lee Roth looks like a kind of a smushed puppet, don't you think? Like, but he had such a, an unbelievable charisma that it overcame everything. 
Uh, I totally agree with you. Um, he looks like Harvey Corman now. Yes, yes, he does. Uh, Queen live in Montreal, nineteen eighty-one, and you know the thing about that concert was this past Super Bowl they made this big deal about oh we we unearthed this old version of We Will Rock You that Queen did. It's never been heard before, and when I heard it, I'm like, they did this live in Montreal, the real fast version of yeah. We Will Rock You. It's like how they open the show. That's their intro. It's a kick-ass way. Like he comes out on stage and he has that like the wireless microphone. It just has the stand, mm-hmm. like it the has top just half like, of the mic. Yeah, yeah, which I never understood why he. I don't know. I guess it was pretty good. That it was theatrical. It's like he because he made it seem like a band leader. That's the thing about Freddie Mercury that it, maybe he might be the best frontman, not only in terms of singing, but in terms of a crowd command. Oh yeah, you will never see mm-hmm. anyone better. Then he plays the crowd like an orchestra. Like he has that level of mastery of of total dominion over hundreds of thousands of people watching him. It, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Do you remember uh, Live Aid when he did Radio Gaga and everybody's clapping in unison with him? It was mm-hmm. one of like it, it looked like he could have started an army right there. Yeah, like, that's what I mean. Come with me. We're going all to we orgy. Here is- <laughs> yeah, and they're all like everybody's hands are up in the air doing the same clap, and it just looks so cool. And I remember thinking like, wow, English concerts are pretty badass. <laughs> Look how they do it over there. I'm like, we just got to stand around and smoke. Yeah, the Bill's point that this is what made him be able to pull off these three day orgies. You need someone at the front who can really, <laughs> you know, lead the group, so to speak. <laughs> I wonder what he used instead of the 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 uh, wireless microphone to lead the band through those orgies. <laughs> instead of getting them to clap, he just gave them clap. Yeah. It's just <laughs> <laughs> It was probably just a cattle prod <clears throat> walking around doing the Bob Barker. All right, everybody, get the clap. <laughs> Uh, Val's got news when we return. What do you got? I'm going to tell you the two things that women find more pleasurable than sex. Two things. Just the two? Uh, also, Seems Louis like Anderson is going to be joining us. This was the uh, the beginning of Live in Montreal. I just remember their stage set was so small, and it's just lights around the back of it. And that was it, man. See right there. I'd be so into this concert if I ran out of the game. the crowd fists are in the air screaming we will rock you to start the show Away from the Steelers, though, Antonio Brown, who, as we all know, famously told us about five weeks ago that he's suffering from a severe case of media overexposure and fatigue, <laughs> has apparently been cured because it has been revealed that he is on the cover of the Madden 2019 video game and he's on Jimmy Kimmel. I literally think that guy can do no wrong. I think when you have that level of like unflappable self-confidence, like he could have been a, a successful proctologist mm-hmm. with the way that he delivers messages. He'd be like, oh. Listen, you got a couple polyps up in there. <laughs> Want to take care of that? 
No problem. I would not want to hear my proctologist say booming though. Like they <laughs> booming. Like, no, don't don't boom. You ready for Tony Toe Touch? <laughs> Hold on, wait. Toe taps? I'm just gonna put these gloves on. They're receiver gloves. <laughs> wait. Oh, I shouldn't have put stick them on these. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. And then he Facebook lives your colonoscopy. I mean, it would just be a bad thing altogether. We but- spotted this a-hole three days. <laughs> <laughs> Val's got news right now on DVE. What's up? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It's 60 degrees. The news is brought to us by Xfinity from Comcast. A group of former Ohio State University wrestlers is suing the university, claiming it ignored allegations of sexual abuse against a former team doctor. Four wrestlers say university coaches and administrators were repeatedly told about accusations against Richard Strauss, who died in 2005. That lawsuit claims the abuse wasn't limited to the wrestling team, but happened to male athletes in 14 sports. In April, the university admitted it opened an investigation. The lawsuit comes after former wrestlers accused Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan of turning his back on abuse accusations against the doctor when he was an assistant wrestling coach at the university. Hate crimes are up in the nation's 10 largest cities. The Center for the Study of Hate and Extremism found that reported hate crimes jumped more than 12 percent in major population centers in 2017, it's the fourth year in a row numbers have been on the rise. The targets of hate crimes vary. In New York, almost half of reported incidents were against Jewish people. In Boston, it was African Americans and in Los Angeles, homosexuals. The countdown is underway to Kennywood's big announcement about a new attraction. Theme park officials say they will unveil plans for a new ride tomorrow after several months of speculation about the former log jammer site. Kennywood shut down the log ride last year after a 42-year run. I'll be there. I'll be there for the ribbon-cutting ceremony or the announcement or whatever it is. Do you get to ride it? No. Uh-uh. No, the, the, this the is just site. Like, oh, just the announcement. It's, it's, uh, You're going just for a it's groundbreaking. A, it's a whole work site, yes. Yes, I am. Because I want to know exactly what it is, and I want to see. Like, if you've ever been to Disney World, they're always working on something. They're all Something's always under construction, and they have these big, huge, like, privacy things up that says, like, pardon our pixie dust or something, and they're, you, you can't see inside of it. Kennywood just has like a mesh fence like you can see right into it <laughs> and it's just like a piles of dirt and pardon our pixie dust they make their construction workers like dress like uh, like dozers from Fraggle Rock or something like that like <laughs> yeah. they always have to have some sort of character right to them. everybody's in character not yeah. a Kennywood they're like hey we're digging this up we'll tell you about it next week <laughs> it's, it's gonna be good it's gonna be real good Guys, even if you give your lady some good loving, there are things she likes more than sex with you. A new survey. Sex with other people. A new survey asked women if there's anything that gives them more pleasure than sex. The majority said, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, They ranked two things above sex. Any guesses? Shopping. That's one of them. It is? A night out. Nope. Spa. Nope. Traveling. Survey also found 90%, 95% of women would prefer great love over great sex. Here's what I want to ask. Um, I guess this is, would be specific to like women under 35. How much less would you enjoy a trip to, oh, I don't know, Prague 
if you couldn't post anything on social media? What is the level of enjoyment that you would lose by not being able to brag about your trip? To show people where you went. Not so much women over 40, because that's not it wasn't really yeah. part of their culture growing up. They, they all went on vacation and took rolls and rolls of pictures and then bored the hell out of their friends in one fell swoop. <laughs> and most of those didn't even get developed there in the junk drawer. <laughs> but seriously, how much would your enjoyment go down? Like, it was awesome. I only wish I could have bragged about it more at the time. <laughs> I don't think you can underestimate how much women love to travel, though. And and I honestly, I, I don't know that many women under 35 at this point. But, God, I mean, Serena, just that's all she talks about. Yeah. Really want to get away. Want to go away for a couple of weekends or... Is it away by herself? Or? No. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. but just talking about it is probably therapeutic. Yeah. Well, just something to look forward to. Yeah. You know, because we, you know, before kids, we used to go on trips, and that was like a fun part of our life. Right. Well, then you had kids, and then your trips are different. And then our trips are over. No, yeah. they don't have to be over. Yeah, they're family trips now. Yeah. They're so not the just fun the two is of gone. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of like waking up the next morning and the hotel room is all disheveled and you're like, wow. Trying to figure out what you're going to do. What did we do from 1 a.m. until 4 a.m.? Now. Craziness. Grease is awesome. High five. Let's get on the plane and go back and tell everyone about this. Now. Your kids are sitting on your chest. <laughs> what are we going to do today? What are we going to do today? What are we going to do today? Can I get a cup of coffee? <laughs> I swear to God. Get out of my face. <laughs> I love you. I try to not post any pictures when I'm on vacation yeah. until well, it's I'm not back from vacation. Also. Pardon? You don't want to tell people you're not home. There, that's a, a good part of it. When I, I went out to the Telluride Music Festival, the Bluegrass Festival, I like, you know, I was there as media, supposedly. <laughs> I had to take pictures. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I'll post these. But I always want to wait till I'm back and like, hey, I had a good time when I did that. Yeah, thinking back on my great trip that I'm now home from. Right. I think I took a trip at Christmas and I didn't post anything. That's good. Yeah, but it wasn't like a conscious, like, I don't know, I wasn't jonesing for it so much. But so much of what we do now is like, I'm going to see Joe Jackson tonight. I'm for sure going to throw up some Joe Jackson photos. But I, I I think it's I think that there's the the pendulum is kind of swinging back, like where we're not taking pictures of every single thing we do, so that we can actually share something with people when we see them in person, and that we don't just show up empty to a party like, oh I gave everything to my social media account, so if you follow me on there, we, no need for us to have a conversation. I ran into somebody at Deutschtown this weekend. And I hadn't seen her in over a year, and I knew everything that had gone on. Mm -hmm. And it was like, hey, hi. Hey, oh, good to see you. Oh, you're cheating. We were totally caught up, and I'm like, all right, good to see you. See and ya. that was it. And I felt yeah. like, oh, that's just kind of weird. It feels like I was spying on her. You, you were. weren't. She was just throwing it out there. You couldn't help it. Yeah, I know. I mean, I didn't feel that no, weird about it, but it's just- We're consensually keeping tabs on each other. Yeah. So, oh, congratulations on the comedy fest. Oh, thanks. All right. Well, good to see you. All right. Bye. I'm like, that's just a strange phenomenon now. There's no more like, where have you been up to? We got to get together. 
It's the exact opposite. It's like, I know everything you've been up to. We and don't I have hate to you get now. together. Yeah. <laughs> You're dead to me. See ya. Arson charges are being filed against a Southern Kentucky man accused of torching his mattress to get rid of bed bugs, which I can understand his frustration. It can cost thousands and thousands of dollars to get rid of bed bugs, but Wayne County officials say Jackie Abbott lit the mattress on fire last week to try to do it himself. According to the Herald Leader newspaper, the 59-year-old sparked the flames even though his neighbors were home and admitted to officials he was aware it could hurt them. He is no stranger to this type of trouble. He forced four EMTs to the hospital a few months ago when he set off four bug bombs to try to kill the bed bugs. <laughs> bed bugs are no joke. Oh, no, they'll, they'll spread like crazy. How do they start? Like, <laughs> like I don't know. You pick them up somewhere. My sister uh, got them in a hotel room in uh, New York, and they came back in her luggage. Yeah, I was afraid of that once. Oh. And she, so she calls the exterminator for her house in L.A. They show up, and the guy's like, I only found one. She's like, I know there's more than one. He's like, nope, I only found one. And she had seen a bunch of them, and he had it, like, caught. And he was, like, showing her, and he's like, I don't think you got to worry about it anymore. She's like, you only got one. There's more than that. He's like, nah, this was it. All your troubles are over. I'll see you later. <laughs> She's like, so what happened? Did she get more bed bugs? Actually, she did not. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it was only the one. Maybe they, uh, did she live in an apartment? Yeah. Maybe they evacuated and went next door because that's what they do a lot. Uh, possibly. Well, no, it's a house, but it I was... like to imagine he's just the worst bed bug. That's what I thought. <laughs> exterminator of all time. Well, you're all clear. You got one. You only caught one. I went to a hotel in Ohio a couple of years ago, and when I came back, I had three little bites together on my arm. So I was freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, that hotel had bed bugs. I checked my mattress like constantly for like three months, had an exterminator come in. He's like, I don't think, I think you're okay. You don't want them though. Oh my God, no. That's awful. There should be an easier way to get rid of those. A better but bed bomb. A bigger bug that eats bed bugs. Oh, that mm-hmm. yeah, that like a, a possum. Maybe possums eat bed bugs. Uh, maybe they do. They, they don't ticks. know that they don't eat bed bugs. I'm starting to think a possum might be a good home pet. I'm just saying. They probably keep mice away. I don't know. Do they eat mice? No, but Snakes they probably too? just scare them. They probably intimidate them. <laughs> I was talking to somebody, and you guys will. Just laugh hysterically at this, but talking about the circle of life at my house. You do have, it is Vile Porter's Mutual Omaha Wild Kingdom. There is a giant (laughs) toad living in the shrubs around our house. I mean, it's huge. I have a picture. I'll show you. And there are a gazillion daddy long legs. I'm like, well, the toad will eat the daddy long legs. The snakes will eat the toad, although that's a pretty big toad. And the hawks will eat the snakes. You you have like a Pixar movie going on there or something. <laughs> you really do. You have a nice little refuge, a little reserve. I, I, but that's why you want to live where you yeah. Live. It's you know it's a little rural kind of kind of yeah. like the farm you grew up on. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Yes. Port, Porter Farms, which sounds like uh, cheddar cheese. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Uh, the Beatles <laughs> animated Yellow Submarine musical is hitting select theaters this week in honor of its 50th anniversary. The film has been digitally restored for re-release and will be playing through the summer. It's based on the Beatles song and characters and follows the band's journey underwater to save a town that's been taken over by creatures who hate music. It'll be at AMC Theaters, which there are several of in the area. Rolling Stones are the highest earning touring rock band of the year so far and third highest overall. According to just released figures, the Stones have earned just over $100 million in 2018, topping the Eagles, who have taken in $84 million. Roger Waters in third with over $60 million. U2 fourth with just under $60 million. And the Foo Fighters fifth with more than $53 million. Bruce Springsteen, Metallica, Bon Jovi, Phil Collins, and Billy Joel round out the top ten. Memorabilia from The Sopranos is up for auction all month. Steiner Auctions in New Rochelle, New York, say it's selling items on consignment from the collections of several big fans. Included in the action, uh, auction rather is a fat suit worn by actor Steve Sharippa, which I don't did he, I didn't know he wore a fat suit. I just thought he was fat. Yeah. Do you know he was a comedy club manager in Las Vegas? Like, that's how that guy... No. That's how he got onto that show. He became known to everybody, I guess, because he was like... Everybody loved him because mm-hmm. he was like a funny dude around the comedy club in Vegas. Uh, signed confidential scripts are also up for grabs. An original season one poster and an 18-karat gold watch given to the cast by James Gandolfini. The watch is inscribed with the name of the show and a message, message that says, Thank you, JG. I haven't gone back and watched it yet. I loved it so much. I watched every episode a couple of times during Mm -hmm. its initial run. And I know when I watch it again, I'm going to love it. But, like, it's just, I actually have an emotional attachment to that show. Oh, yeah. It really, it just was a place in time, Mm -hmm. everything about it. Like, it will remind me of that part of my life. And every part of that show is so good. That's a hard one for me to go back to. It really go back and watch the first episode. It's it's pretty awesome. They're all awesome. Mm-hmm. The thing about that's why I always said Sopranos was better than Breaking Bad because if somebody on the Sopranos had a bit part and you saw them for one line in one episode, you'd be like, that guy was a pretty good actor. And in Breaking Bad, iconic. there'd be like some guy who could barely talk, who's like a detective I don't want you don't talk about the sun like that that's not that's not right <laughs> no not the sun no I'm not talking about what's the sun. for breakfast this morning <laughs> hey dad what's oh, breakfast shut up and eat your Cheerios <laughs> god go back and work on your GoFundMe page that and Skylar was a despicable character by the end you couldn't stand the wife oh she I hated her that's what I mean is they had hated her but Hank was awesome but you weren't supposed to hate the wife no she was supposed to be a sympathetic figure. Right. That's my point. Yeah. The, the people in The Sopranos you were supposed to hate, you hated for a reason, not because they were an annoying actor. Even the cinematography in The Sopranos is great. Like in the fir- I think it's the first episode where they introduce his anxiety about birds or like just with yeah, the ducks. Like that the way that they shoot that is pretty intense. And it's awesome. Yeah, I'll go back and watch it soon. There there were so many good characters through the seasons, like Joe Pentley, oh, yeah. however you say Joe that guy's Pantaleon. name. Yeah, he was great on that. Ada Totoro was incredible mm-hmm. on it. And the mother was so good. So good. Finally, Meghan Markle's father isn't ready to stop blabbing to the media, not until the British royal family acknowledge him. 
Just two days after telling The Sun he was doing his last interview, Thomas Markle did another interview with TMZ. He told the gossip blog, quote, I was silent for a full year. Then the press beat me up every day saying I was a hermit hiding in Mexico. So I gave my story. Apparently that interview put the royal family into silence mode. So I gave another interview to break the silence. All they have to do is speak to me. End quote. The new Duchess and Prince Harry were reportedly frustrated about his paid interview with the son, but Thomas remains hopeful his daughter will reach out. He said, tomorrow's my birthday, 74 years old. I'm enjoying the, in fact, uh, enjoying the fact I can make the entire royal family not speak, and maybe I can get a laugh out of the Duchess. I feel bad for this guy. <laughs> I mean, like his wife or his his daughter just totally abandoned him. I don't know what their relationship was like before this. Yeah, I don't know either. I have no idea. But whoever the tabloid was that set him up in that bookstore looking at the picture, the picture book of England, was my favorite thing. He wants to go so bad. Look at him. Britain for dummies. <laughs> He's like, that's how he was looking at it, too. He's just, hmm. Castles. <laughs> Clouds and sun today, upper 70s for the high. Pretty spectacular day today. It's 58 at DVE. Crazy all-star game last night and uh, digging deeper on the left bell contract. Tim Benz with your sports when we return. We have Louis Anderson on the show a little bit later on this morning. He's going to be at the Carnegie Music Hall of Homestead on Saturday night. B.C. Taylor picking up where his dad, B.E. Taylor, left off a continuation of the tradition of Christmas shows. B.C. will talk about that at 9.15. And Mark Madden closes things out this morning. DVE Sports. Pursuit off today, Tim Benz filling in with your sports on the DVE Morning Show. Citizens Bank giving you sports this morning as we continue to surf through what is fact and what is fiction, or more specifically, the space in between when it comes to news that's falling out from the Steelers and from Le'Veon Bell's camp about why the two sides could not reach an agreement. I got a tweet that showed up in uh, the listener response column that I do for the trip from somebody saying they both did the right thing. Both the Steelers and Le'Veon Bell did the right thing by not coming to an agreement. And my response to that is, well, then why have they been negotiating for two years? Right. That was the premise of Mark Caboli's article yesterday in The Athletic. That's why I wanted to have him on because I didn't understand how, like what uh, one of them. I think the Steelers did the right thing. I really do. I think they came to the table, probably went a little bit further than they wanted to. Uh, it's not far enough for him. He's crazy to take this gamble. It's the the payoff for how much more he can make with a lesser team more than likely. It's not significant enough to risk it all. Like the notion that the Pirates did the right thing by trading Garrett Cole. Like you could understand more because they were never going to sign him and Cole was never going to sign here. Like right. that I get. But to say that these two teams, two sides rather, worked for two years to try to get a contract done to be here and then to have it blow up and not happen, I think you're working awfully hard to find some solace in suggesting that they're somehow both right and walking away with nothing. I honestly do think that it's more likely than not that the Steelers will have dodged a bullet with this contract. On the back end? Yes. I think it's more likely or not than in three years the Steelers will have a better running back than what Le'Veon Bell will be in three years. I think they will miss him over the next two. Yeah, uh, no, I, I agree I, with that. I think that the Steelers are close enough right now that his absence will be felt. I think they could both be hurt by you. You follow what I'm saying? I, I do, and it's unquestionable that, that they will miss him over the next two, but at what cost, Tim? That, 
the at what price, cost right now for the, the price? Yeah, the price to keep him for those two years, it can't be worth it. If that, if we're saying he's got three more good years, and you're going to pay for four of them, five of them, with a big bonus up front. I must admit, I was pretty wooed when I was listening to Mark yesterday, kind of going through who won't be here on the salary cap next season, in the sense that you won't have $8 million of Ryan Shazier that you're going to have to pay for it. I'm not talking about him as a guy or anything yes. else, but the, his $8 million comes off. Le'Veon Bell will not be here for 12 on the cap this year, 14 yes. versus the cap this year. And right then and there, you also uh, Bud Dupree in two years you might not have around after the $8 million. You could have had that for next year if you didn't. So you're going to have a significant amount of money. To, like The Steelers of all teams, like Ramon Foster probably won't have his number against the cap after this year potentially. That's Suddenly the Steelers are a team that has $30 million to play with. I don't know. Pass rusher might a look good. good. Look. That's a good look. Safety for the or corner might look good. <laughs> you know, I, I was sort of wooed by that. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I mean, if I'm Ben Roethlisberger, I want to have Le'Veon Bell for the next three years. Yeah, right. That, or if I'm Mason Rudolph, I don't mind having him for the next for the first year of my career as a starter potentially too. But distraction has to matter at some point too. He has been a distraction, though. The behavior around that playoff game, if it all went down the way it was reported, which I have no reason to believe it didn't, that's just... Well, he tweeted it out. You're talking about the not showing up for practice and whatnot. Did show yeah. for the walkthrough, showed up an hour before the game. I could also see them... But more... he, then he didn't have a crappy game. So yeah. it, it wasn't like he went out and had a bad game. And that's where I do get upset with some people suggesting their skills are declining because they look so much at the numbers that were averaged out over last year. Those first three games were an albatross on any numbers you put out there statistically for him and after that if you look 12 games post his suspension of 2016 versus the 12 games he played at the end of 2017 plus the playoff game it's pretty good Mm -hmm. it was pretty much on par with what he's done no he didn't hit a lot of home runs but he still accrued a lot of yardage for the Steelers last year I also have this weird feeling in the back of my head and I guess it's 100% denial that somehow he's going to end up being a Steeler after this year that's denial, I think. Yeah, w- one point. Yeah, I you think somebody's going to overpay for him. About regret, you could regret this if you work so hard to sign him, and then he sees three other running backs get more than him, and then you find yourself in another holdout situation. So if Gurley becomes the yeah. number one paid running back because Lev Bell set the bar so high, and then Fournette waits for Gurley, and then Melvin Gordon waits for Fournette or whoever, you know, and then all of a sudden you're right back where you started from because Bell doesn't feel like he's the most valued thing. Right, exactly. Here's what uh, Adisa Bakari had to say about the numbers that were floated out about the Steelers offering $70 million over five years and $33 million up front over two. The most important element of that contract is how much is guaranteed to the player. And by guaranteeing, we're again meaning guaranteed against injury, against skill, diminishing skill, and guaranteeing against the consequences to the salary cap. No matter what that final number was, Right, and I'm certainly not saying that what's been reported is accurate because it's not, quite frankly. You know, you should tell that to is his client, because <laughs> his client has been the one that's talking about. I want 14.5. Right. I want 15. I want 17, just like AB. Tell that to your client then. Um, meanwhile, the All Star game was last night, and it went like this. 10 home runs, 8 to 6 final score, extra innings, AL over the NL. All 14 runs, 13 of them were scored by virtue of home runs and one sack fly. Uh, Charlie Morton gave up two. But don't you want to see that in an all-star game? Do you want to see a a pitcher's matchup? You don't always see that. No, you saw plenty of that, too, because there were 26 strikeouts. 
I, you never saw the ball in play. I, I did notice after a while, boy, no one's crossed home plate at full speed. Like I, I did notice that at one point or another. It was a little repetitive by the end. So, All right, okay. But for, for a while you were right. It wasn't true because the right guys were hitting homers too. Judge homered. Mm-hmm. Trout homered. You know, so like the big stars were knocking it out of the park. Nelson Cruz, I believe, homered along the way as well. Felipe Vasquez, he was good. Got two strikeouts in relief for the Pirates as he represented Pittsburgh. A strikeout starts the seventh. That's strike three, and the inning is over. Joe Buck on Fox. There was Mitch Moreland, and I think the other guy I got was Jed Lowry. And uh, one other Steeler note we should reference before, if you missed it last hour, Antonio Brown will be on Jimmy Kimmel Live tomorrow night. And he is also on the cover of the EA Sports Madden video game. And there's where you will miss Le'Veon Bell because clearly some sort of tragedy will now befall Antonio Brown since that is the new Sports Illustrated jinx. The curse. The curse of the EA Sports video game. Jinxing. Coming up, Louie Anderson joins us on the DVE Morning Show. Also, uh, B.C. Taylor continues the tradition his dad started B.E. Taylor's Christmas shows will continue and they're back again so B.C. will talk about that and Mark Mad 945 Mark having plenty to say about this Lev Bell situation uh, that will close out the show don't forget our Be Like Mike contest going on right now Be Like Mike Pursuta Mike will be back tomorrow uh, you could win an opportunity to spend time at camp Steelers training camp and uh, live it just like Mike he is already planning our, our trip to Boston by the way for, uh, for Pearl Jam? For Pearl Jam. Yeah, he, I got a phone call yesterday mapping out our steps. He's been mapping this one out for a while. Yeah. Unfortunately, part of the Be Like Mike contest does not grant you access to the Pearl Jam concert trip with Tim Benz, <laughs> but maybe we can arrange that. I don't know. Two sideline passes for the Pittsburgh Steelers afternoon practice Wednesday, August 1st at St. Vincent College in Lake Trobe. You get a $100 gift card for the Steelers Pro Shop. You get a $50 gift card for either Sharkies or... Uh, oh, it's, it is for Sharkies, uh, where the Mike Pursuit of Training Camp show will be held that night. You get a hotel uh, that will be uh, decorated to look exactly like Pursuit's dorm room. So, And you will have uh, a wardrobe picked out for you to wear at practice the next day so you look like Pursuta. Cargo shorts, Steelers golf shirt, Michigan State baseball hat. You'll have a USA hockey jersey in case it's cool. Do we call uh, that decorating or vandalizing? I don't know. It depends on your perspective, I guess. A Springsteen poster, an American flag, a coffee cup to use as a tobacco spittoon. You get to sit in with the DV Morning Show the next day as we broadcast live from Steelers training camp. And you get two tickets to the Steelers-Titans preseason game Saturday, August 25th. And all you got to do is log on to DVE.com and register now. Registering uh, goes through next Thursday. Be like Mike at DVE.com. It is the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman along with Bill Crawford, Val Porter. And this has been the best year and maybe more of concerts that I can ever remember in Pittsburgh. In terms of quality and quantity, there's never been anything like it. So much as uh, uh, to say tonight is emblematic of most there's a night every week this summer where there's three different choices that are great and you don't know what concert to go to sometimes there's more than that tonight Greta Van Fleet Greta Van Fleet that's sold out stage AE sold out in like five hours that's the one everybody's excited for yeah I think I'm gonna go to that one nobody has generated this much excited excitement in rock music in a long time, I don't even know who to compare them to. Yeah, I don't either. But the thing that bothers me is that Zeppelin tie-in. You yes. know, they sound so much like Zeppelin. Yeah. They don't listen to Zeppelin if you listen to them. 
I mean, I don't care if they do or they don't. You know, like it it still sounds like Led Zeppelin. Yes. And I think it's possible that in order to advance rock music that you need to have more of a Jack White type thing going forward. Somebody who who expands. I don't know. Expounds on the original. I'll see what the crowd's like tonight. Uh, What the demographic is. It's going to. I bet you it's young. I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot of people over 40 at that show. Then you got. Oh, definitely. The people are really excited about this band. There hasn't been a rock band for people to get really excited about a new one in a long time. They're accessible. People can put on that EP and think, I know these songs, even though they haven't heard Mm -hmm. them because they sound familiar. It's a nice, comfortable rock place for Mm -hmm. them. You know? Then you got Tedeschi Trucks, Marcus King, and Drive-By Truckers out of Key Bank Pavilion, which just had Warp Tour the other day. You know, for as much as everybody bitches about driving out there, they've had a ton of shows out mm-hmm. there this summer. That show is incredible. Tedeschi Trucks, Marcus King, who, who rock and roll fans should be uh, pretty excited about, because that guy is the second coming of uh, Warren Haynes, even though the first one is still here. <laughs> and uh, drive-by truckers are just legendary, of course. Even without uh, Jason Isbell in tow, Patterson Hood has those guys rocking all the time. Great rock and roll band. And then the legendary Joe Jackson... At the Carnegie Music Hall of Homestead tonight. And I, I'm going to that. Yeah. It was a hard one, but I've decided that that's the one that I'm least likely to see more of going forward. Yeah. A chance to see Joe Jackson is a little more rare than Greta Van Fleet. Those guys are like 15 years old. I'm pretty sure I'll get a chance to see them again. And Tedeschi Trucks I've seen, you know, several dozen times. You so. just saw them, didn't yeah, I did. you? In, yeah. in Telluride. So... I'm going to go to Joe Jackson, but I was listening to Joe Jackson records last night and God, I mean, it's just like Ben Folds just picked up. (laughs) He, Ben Folds was the Greta Van Fleet to Joe Jackson. Jackson. (laughs) Ben Folds, Greta Van Fleet and Joe Jackson's catalog before Greta Van Fleet Zeppelin or fleeted Zeppelin or whatever. You almost (laughs) turned into Seinfeld just now. What's the deal with this? What's the deal? With ripoffs, so I don't know. You're going to go to the fleet. Yes, I see, think now so. Now you yeah. should probably have to go out to Key Bank Pavilion oh, to watch man. that show. We have to send I you out. the short straw going out there, yeah, dude. <laughs> I love that place, but Do I you? don't love driving out there. That's the only thing I don't like. Parking. I like being there. Me too. Once you're there, it's great. Yeah. Unless, unless you're at a Jimmy Buffett concert and they don't let you in. If I could, you know, maybe like skydive, jump out of a plane and land in a field <laughs> next. Well, maybe you could. So I might be able to hire somebody to do that. Maybe that train that they were talking about going from Pittsburgh to Chicago. Maybe they can just like have one that goes out to Burgettstown. Yeah, just drop me off at Burgettstown. Uh, how great would that train slash annoying would that train ride be? <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine being on a train full of Yinzers going out there and back? I'd, I'd rather be on a train full of Yinzers going to that concert than stuck in the traffic. <laughs> train full of Yinzers. <laughs> <laughs> So lots of uh, shows to go and see, and this weekend, comedy shows. Louis Anderson is going to be in town. We're going to be talking to him coming up here in just a little bit. He'll be at the Carnegie Music Hall of Homestead um, that Saturday night. You know, John Prine and Langhorn Slimmer in town on Friday night. Andre Costello is going to be doing uh, the uh, cover of Neil Young's Harvest. Wow. An all-star studded performance yeah. uh, at uh, the Rex Theater. They're doing a series of concerts there of classic albums. And this is the first one. I saw the poster there when we were there for DV Comedy Fest. I was like, oh, this looks 
Sweet. Yeah, and I saw Rick Witkowski this weekend. He's going to take part in that. So there's all kinds of uh, age range uh, representation there from the Pittsburgh music scene. So that'll be a really cool show, too. Tons of stuff going on. Even though it's uh, been kind of weird weather-wise and a little dicey with the storms and the heat and everything, plenty of places to go hang out and watch music and comedy. So kicking ass in the Berg. And I missed a bunch. I know there's a bunch more shows this weekend that I missed. Greta Van Fleet's the one everyone's talking about, though. I can't believe how fast that show sold out. Yeah, and were, they were just here, weren't they? Like th- th- less than a year ago. I think they played a, a club show before they really got kind of big. Isn't Panic at the Disco tonight too? Oh, I don't know. Or is that next week with that Radiohead night? No, no, no. It's tonight. I'm pretty sure it's tonight. So there's wait. Just when's Radiohead? Next that, Thursday. Next Thursday. And then Ween at Stage AE next Friday. Shania Twain's in town. Foo Fighters are tomorrow night. Yep. Eagles next Tuesday. And the struts are opening for the foos. Yeah. Oh, Shania Twain was last night. All right. So I missed that. Yeah, Panic at the Disco's tonight. Where's that show? Where? That's at the arena. Oh. So there are nonstop. Paula Cole is at Jurgles tomorrow night. I'm telling you, Gin Blossoms are playing on Friday night. Amazing. Stevie Wonder's doing an acoustic set at Permanis. <laughs> it's Saturday and right Sunday. now. The Pittsburgh Blues and Roots Festival. The second year at the Syria Shrine Center. Uh, Walter Trout, the legendary Walter Trout. I'll never forget Mike Lang giving me a Walter Trout CD. He got out of his car in traffic and walked it back to me. Here, listen to this. He's like walking down 51 and handed it to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, uh, uh, at that uh, Pittsburgh Blues and Roots Festival, uh, you can see uh, Bernard Allison, Taz Crew, Ron Yaros in the Vehicle, and many others. And t- tickets for that at PittsburghBluesRootsFest.com. And then uh, Chris Brown, Coed, and Cambria. Is that how you say their name? Mm-hmm. Cambria? Whatever. And synth pop duo Erasure all playing. So tons of stuff going on this weekend. Val's got your news weekend. next. Is your pet limiting your life? We'll talk about it coming up. Oh, boy. I think a lot of people can relate to that one. (laughs) Uh, Louis Anderson, legendary comedian Louis Anderson, joins us after the break. DVE. Finally, Meghan Markle's father isn't ready to stop blabbing to the media, not until the British royal family acknowledge him. He said, tomorrow's my birthday, 74 years old. I'm enjoying the, in fact, uh, enjoying the fact I can make the entire royal family not speak, and maybe I can get a laugh out of the Duchess. I don't know what their relationship was like before this. Yeah, I don't know either. I have no idea. But whoever the tabloid was that set him up in that bookstore looking at the picture, the picture book of England was my favorite thing. He wants to go so bad. Look at him. Britain for dummies. <laughs> He's like, that's how he was looking at it, too. He's just, hmm, castles. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's two minutes after eight at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It's 65 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by CCACM Val Porter. 
Uh, it looks like a Russian woman accused of being a spy for Moscow is due in federal court in Washington, D.C. today. A U.S. grand jury indicted Maria Butina yesterday on charges of acting as an agent of the Russian government. She was arrested over the weekend. Court documents show the 29-year-old native of Siberia studied at American University in Washington. Butina is a founder of a pro-Russia advocacy group called Right to Bear Arms. Yeah, Pittsburgh. and you know, the weird thing about that is as soon as they found out there was thirty millions of dollars, thirty million dollars channeled through the NRA through this Russian agent lady, there was a law on the books within like an hour that blacked out the name of donors to super PACs and groups like the NRA so they can do it anonymously going forward. How can that be a good thing? Gotta so get the money out of the politics. Gotta get it out. They just exposed that. Look, this is an easy way for foreign governments to channel money into our electoral process, which was why they didn't want super PACs in the first place. And they go, oh, we better hurry up and make a rule that uh, doesn't allow people to see how easy it is to do that. Sometimes I think we get pissed about the wrong things is my point. Like that in the reboot of every TV show from the 90s. It doesn't need to happen. (laughs) Pittsburgh area leaders are learning more about a proposed high-speed train project, transportation planners touted the Virgin Hyperloop One plan yesterday at a regional energy forum as the future of moving people and freight feasibility and environmental studies are underway on the Hyperloop, which promises to carry people from Pittsburgh to Chicago in 48 minutes. That's the one we we're talking about. That is incredible. God, if it gets you to Star Lake and back, how great would <laughs> that take be? like a half a second. Yeah. Oh, how nice should that be? It's like teleporting. Just flying past all that traffic on the parkway on your way out there with like I mean, a margarita many- in your hand. Hey! <laughs> a funny line for Ikea! How many years <laughs> would it take to build this? 40. Forever. I mean... It would take so long. Seriously. I mean... Aren't I mean, they still working on the Liberty Bridge? That's what I was going to say. <laughs> they, they just finished the guardrail on Route 28. <laughs> And now they're going to add a lane, so it'll be worked on for the next 40 years. Is your pet limiting your life? Half of Americans say they have not traveled outside the country since they got a pet. One in three have changed travel plans because of their pet. And 87% worry about how their pets are doing when they are away from them on vacation. Oh, the thing where you can look at the camera of your pet when you board them. Mm -hmm. And you can see how they're doing. Oh, no. They have nanny cams? Yeah, that would drive me crazy. I would check it too often. And if I ever saw them being bullied by the other dogs or something, I would would be like, oh, my God. I can't enjoy myself now. Yeah. With uh, some rat poisoning and the other snossages you had for the other dogs? No, I wouldn't. Hi, boy. I don't know if I'd go to that length. (laughs) I would hope not. No. But I'm going to rescue you. You poison other people's dogs? Come on. We all would go there. Bill, I think there's another solution. (laughs) I know I sound like a pansy right now. I am. I I live my life around my dogs right now. Because they're they're old and they have health problems and take a lot of pills. Can you put an old dog in a home? Like like an old dog. They are in a home. Your home. Yes. Are there nursing homes for old old dogs? The, at least you have both dogs old at the same time. When I had a young dog no, and an old... No, it's not good. You don't think? <laughs> no. Grumpy old men? Well, no, but it's, you know, they're both experiencing, like I said, health problems and to try to tag team. It's a lot. Know. Yeah. 
when I had the old dog and the younger dog, the younger dog saw how much special treatment the older dog was getting, and mm-hmm. he was getting, she was getting pissed that she wasn't getting the same treatment. Yeah. She's like, how come I want you to fry eggs for me? Yeah. Yeah. Our one dog has had a lot of health problems over the last few months, like in the hospital, and the other dog did not miss him when he was gone. Oh, really? At all. <laughs> is this guy back? She's like, like, how good is this, ah, guys? Huh? Really living it up here. <laughs> What do you say? You want to rub my belly some more? Yeah, so. No, I know a lot of people. Yeah, that's tough. Boarding pets or finding somebody to watch them is always a really tough thing. Cats are easier than dogs, at least. Most cats you can leave alone for long periods of time. But again, like, if they're on medication that they have to take at a certain time, it's problematic. But that's what you get into when you get a pet. Hope my kids are listening. <laughs> Why do they want a dog right now? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're asking. They're making the push. Oh, that is. And I'm like, no, no, because it's you. They don't take yeah, care. Of th- I know. I was. I saw kid. this whole thing happen with my dad. My brother brought home this dog, and it was awesome, and she was great. And then my dad just completely took over all the responsibilities immediately. Had to wake up early to walk the dog. Mm-hmm. Just everything that goes along with that, I don't want that headache right this minute. I feel like, and this is where we are, if everybody at the vet's office knows your dog by name as soon as you walk in, you're there way too much. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. The last part is just really hard. The last couple of years are really difficult. Yeah. Our dogs are both, will be 14 in the fall. Oh, man. That's a good run. Yeah, they're, I mean, you know. But getting people to watch an old dog who needs medication, yeah. It's easier when it's like a six-year-old dog. He's like, he's no bother. No, you just let him out twice. You know, he'll be fine. Feed him. Everything's cool. You'll have fun with him. Yeah, Tim and I have decided we cannot take vacations together until the dogs are gone. Because I I don't want to put that responsibility on somebody. You can't give people a list, uh, a to-do list when they're already taking your dogs in. Yeah. Thanks for watching our dogs. Here's when you have to feed them. Here's when they need medicine. You have to leave work in the middle of the day to come home and give them pills. (laughs) Right. And they can't hold their pee that long anymore, so you really got to get home. They fart, and it smells like a dead person. (laughs) Don't worry about that. They're adorable when they do it, though. (laughs) A Virginia man is dead after accidentally stabbing himself in the groin with a sword. Police were called to a Newport News home over the weekend and say the man died a bizarre and gruesome death. They say he was holding the sword in his hand while going down the stairs. He tripped... And then stabbed himself with the sword in the groin. Sword to the groin. Emergency workers were also on hand but were not able to save him. He was pronounced dead less than an hour later. Oh, that is awesome. He went from Harry to Carrie very quick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Johnny Depp's legal battle with his former managers has ended. Uh, The star has reportedly settled with the management group a month before a trial was set to begin. Johnny had sued the company for $25 million, claiming they spent millions of his dollars without permission. The management group countersued, alleging Johnny put himself in financial turmoil by spending millions on wine, luxury homes, and private jets. Flying his dog on private jets? Uh, Yeah, his managers outlined some of his expenses previously. They said over $75 million to acquire, improve, and furnish 14 residences, including a 45-acre chateau in the south of France, a chain of islands in the Bahamas, multiple homes in Hollywood, several penthouse lofts in downtown L.A., 
and a fully functioning horse farm in Kentucky. How would you remember that you had all that yeah, stuff? You don't, especially if you're Johnny Depp because you're... So high you're, all the time. And you're drunk. I can't remember you, my passwords to Twitter <laughs> and Facebook. Over $18 million to acquire and renovate a 150-foot luxury yacht. Uh, 300000 a month on staff, uh, 40 full-time employees, and $4 million to uh, help his childhood friends start a music uh, record label. Terms of that settlement were not disclosed. Clouds and sun, upper 70s for the high today. It's 60 at DBE. It is the DBE Morning Show. Randy Bauman, uh, Bill Crawford, and I, big fans of our next guest, who is going to be appearing at the Carnegie Library in Homestead Saturday night. Tickets available for that 8 o'clock Saturday night show at Ticketfly.com. It is the one... The only Louis Anderson, ladies and gentlemen. Louis, good morning. How are you? Good you get a round morning. of applause. You oh, get applause. Wow. We're standing, oh, nice. too. Yes. Standing Thank ovation. You. It's a standing <laughs> Congratulations on your uh, your nomination for uh, for uh, your role in Baskets. Yeah, thank you very much. I was, uh, I'm always pleasantly surprised. Very difficult to find out. I have to wait till people call me. I look on that site and I go, did I get nominated? <laughs> then they call me and they go, "You got nominated." I go, "Okay, we go back to bed." No, um, you said in the past that's ba- that's a character based. Uh, you based the characteristics on some of your mom's personality, course, right? Yeah, my mom was a, you know very much that Christine character you see, except she was much nicer than Christine is. <laughs> so I take a little of my dad and I put that in there for the meanness. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, it's just been a, it's such a weird thing. I was watching a um, clip that they were playing on the character and, you know, it's some weird thing happens to me when I get all ready to play that part. It, some kind of uh, channeling takes place and Louis Anderson disappears. And, uh, it's a, I, I can't really explain it. I always think about it, and then I think, oh, don't think about it so much, because it seems to be working. So, right. but yeah, I really, um, I a persona that isn't me takes over, and uh, and it's just been a really great, fun, crazy kind of a ride. Like, what am I doing? You know? Yeah. I mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's. Uh, there's something special about that character that happens, and I think it has to do with my mom. But, you know, I'm that kind of person that wants to believe in that kind of stuff, and uh, and I am. And so it really is fun. Well, you're one of 11 kids. Did your other siblings recognize you were playing an amalgamation of your parents? Yeah, but I always, like my sisters, always say, that's me, right? And I go, yeah, of course. <laughs> it's smart. You know, you know that, right? My brother says, that's me, right? And I go, yes, of course. <laughs> you know, because you can never argue with your siblings. They're older, so they they have a certain idea about what things are, and you just go along with it. It's just easier with families, don't you think? Uh, yeah, well, Definitely. I come from a big family as well, so I can I can relate. And the, parent, the parental dynamic... Uh, that you talk about so much in your act, it's it's so relatable and funny for so many people. You certainly had it uh, at the extremes. Your parents were the, y- your father on one end of the spectrum, and your mother really trying to neutralize everything for you guys. Yeah, you know, uh, I think it's a comics connection and concoction. I think a lot of comics have these this great relationship with their mom, 
and this not so great relationship with their dad or vice versa. And um, so I've noticed that amongst comics when I talk to them. But, uh, yeah, I think that that whole kind of thing and then having ten brothers and sisters just kind of makes you part punching bag, part uh, social scientist. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, Seinfeld, uh, Comedians and Cars uh, Getting Coffee, the, the series he has where he talks to comedians all the time, I kind of binge-watched it last week, and one thing I noticed was he was really sort of coming down on this new... Uh, trend that comedians, the younger comedians have of what he calls like, hey, if you're just going on stage and reading your journal, you know, that's not comedy. There has to be jokes there. But I, I got the feeling that he also didn't like people mining their personal demons for comedy or that he didn't think that that was the right way to go about it. I mean, you certainly do an, an unbelievable job of doing that. There's never a moment where you're not being funny about the psychosis that you've had to endure because of the way you were raised. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's not the president of comedy. <laughs> he's gonna, he's in a car there having coffee, so what? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, he's a great guy and very funny, and, he, you know, he has every right for his opinion, but, you know, for me, it just is what made it work for me. I used to do just jokes about this or that, and then I stumbled on the vein of family, and, you know, for me, it... it it was fun, and it, I had a cartoon that I was able to do. Uh, Life with you know, Louie. Uh, yeah, I had a friend say to me once, Louie, nobody's ever made more money about having, about their screwed-up family than you. You know, <laughs> and I just went, what? What'd you say? I'll fight you. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> just kidding. But, you know, uh, yeah, for me, I just try to be myself, and I just try to talk about the stuff that's about my life and, uh, but I have plenty of jokes in there. I'll oh put yeah, my jokes up. I'll put my jokes up against anyone else's jokes. You you make such a great point that people don't make enough is that Jerry Seinfeld is not the president of comedy, and I think <laughs> for a lot of guys out there, maybe like him, that aren't really comfortable delving into their own personal life and sharing that on stage, they look at that and they go, "Oh, that's not comedy," because. They that's not the kind of comedy they do. Mm -hmm. I mean, who pulled more stuff up in their lives than the greatest comic in our generation than Richard Pryor? Right. You know, who pulled greater stuff up about, you know, who they were and how they grew up than Ronnie Dangerfield was a character? You to know, be fair, I think all, he might have been... All based in truth, you know? I think he might have been speaking more to the, the pathos... Well, there's a there is a section of comedy now and a subsect of comedians who go up there with the pathos, without the punchlines, and that that might have been more what he was railing against. I'm not sure. That's my new show, Pathos Without the Punchlines. <laughs> <laughs> See it Saturday night at the Carnegie uh, Library. Yeah. That's right. You know, you gotta. You know, the thing about comedy is so subjective. You might just can't. You know, some people might just hate. My comedy, I, you know, that's okay, you know, because isn't it, uh, I read well, one guy read, oh, God, I just can't stand that guy's voice. And I said, all right, um, I got it, because, <laughs> you know, I, I've had that happen where people go, I just love this musician or that, and I go, oh, please. <laughs> the thing I've learned most is this. Whatever you can do to make people's lives a little better, let's be honest with you, whatever you can do, 
to make people forget their troubles in these times. For me, that's my motivation. When you come to see me for that 90 minutes, I do not want you thinking about your problems. I want you thinking about the reminiscing about things in your that were fun, funny to you about your family. And also, I want you to honestly forget your troubles. That's my goal. That's my job. And that's my, my you know, that's, that's the thing that I try to do every time I perform. And that's why I still perform. Because I have a chance with this gift that was given to make people feel better. And because of that, it gives me a great amount of satisfaction. With uh, Robin Williams passing and Mitzi Shores passing, there's been a lot of talk in the show. I'm dying up here on Showtime. There's been a lot of talk about the comedy store and its importance as sort of the uh, Mesopotamia of comedy. And I'm wondering what your experiences were coming up early on with that huge, talented class that you uh, you sort of broke onto the scene with. Well, first of all, you know, I just missed that whole thing from that era I mean, there was still a little bleed over from that show, mm-hmm. you know, the, the book they're using for that show, which is great. And I'm really happy Jim's doing it. And it's, you know, it's fantastic. Um, for me, it was really like a dream. You know, here's this kid from St. Paul, Minnesota. And here I'm in the back of the room. Here's the lineup. Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, Howie Mendo, hmm. Jim Carrey, Sam Kennison, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then they go, here's, and then they introduce me. Here's Louis Anderson. You know, felt like, what? Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, it's me and Louis Anderson. Damn it. Um, it was an amazing thing. And then Pryor would come in and he would start working his special out. He would, the word would go out that Pryor was coming in. The crowd would be packed. The comics would be in the back. And he'd walk up. He'd get a five a 10 minute standing ovation honestly it was just like um, it was um, it was mesmerizing and then he would have a joke or two and that's how he would start it out and honestly he would struggle because no even if you're Richard Pryor you get a little bit of a leeway but if a joke's not funny it's not funny you can't make a joke funny until you make the joke funny and I would watch him and he would come in for two weeks and every night he had more he had worked it, fixed it, made it happen. And you watch this guy. I learned so much doing that. And on the other hand, Robin would come in right. and he would use up all the space in the room. All the air would be taken <laughs> out of the room. And you would think, oh, my God, he's doing, he's doing all the comedy. There's no comedy left. He's <laughs> just done it all. Right. And, you know, and you'd say, I, you know, and, and, you know, and I got to see you know, Eddie would be up and, and Pryor and, you know, they get up one and another, one after another. It would be like a, uh, kind of like a Mount Rushmore of comedy before your right. eyes. And man, it was the greatest thing in the, in, in the world. And I'm, uh, I miss those guys. Uh, and I'm still very lucky. I feel so proud and I'm very fortunate that I get to still do it. And that's why I still do it. It still yeah. works for me. It still makes me happy. I do. Uh, I just have a new special out called Big Underwear, <laughs> and uh, a new book called Hey Mom, all about you know playing Christine baskets. Right. And I'm just living my dream, man.
I feel bad, though, because when you do the imitation of your dad and you are talking about, you know, scenarios where he is ostensibly being abusive, I find it hilarious. Just your tone of voice when you channel your father is really funny to me because we all had dads with that, a little bit of that attitude, at least. Wait, is this Randy or is this Bill? <laughs> it's Randy. Ah, Jesus. Bowman, huh? <laughs> Come back to the war. <laughs> Either the war, or uh, I never liked that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, somebody walk in my in the room, and my dad would go, "I hate that guy." And I go, "You don't even know him. I don't need to know someone to hate him, Louis." <laughs> <laughs> and your mom the whole time the the absolute ballast for all of that. Yeah. Oh, Andy. You, what war were you in again? I forget. <laughs> you know, need to be infuriated. Uh, I'm still in it, honey. <laughs> Louis Anderson is at the Carnegie Library in Homestead, Munhall, PA, this Saturday night. Uh, ticketfly.com. It sounds like it's far away, Louis, but it's not. It's, it's right here in Pittsburgh. Uh, Carnegie Library of Homestead. Tickets at ticketfly.com this Saturday night. And uh, I can't wait to see you, man. I'm a big fan, and uh, you've always been great to us here on the show, and it was wonderful talking to you again. Best of luck. Continued su- success. And now I'm hoping you get the full EGOT at this point. I want the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony for Louis Anderson. <laughs> you know, I would like to have all those things. It would be really fun just to have them as people walk in. Yeah. I just put your put your hat on off. Uh, you know, and I just love. I'm really excited about coming to Pittsburgh because you know I grew up in St. Paul, very similar, except we have no championships like for our football. Right. But um, and then my friend Carl Kurlander lives oh, there, who yes. wrote, wrote St. Elmo's Fire and does Steel Town. Oh yeah, and uh, lots of great people there. And uh, thanks for uh, thanks for talking to me this morning. People, come on out. Carl will be thrilled that you mentioned him. Well, he's a great guy and one of my greatest friends. Oh, yeah. He's such a... And then Natalie and Campbell. Don't forget them. 
Yeah, well, they're doing great work at Steeltown. There's no doubt about it. Louie, thanks so much, and we'll see you Saturday night. All right, see you guys. Okay, bye-bye. The great Louie Anderson, DVE. DVE Sports. Tim Benz with your sports on the DVE Morning Show. Let's start off with the All-Star Game here in the 8 o'clock hour. It's brought to you by Sports Clips. And uh, lots of home runs last night. It's like Home Run Derby Part 2, actually. Ten of them. Throughout the course of the game, final score was 8-6 to six as the American League beat the National League in extra innings. Is a record. The previous high was 1971, six home runs. That was that famous game in Tiger Stadium. Remember, it was Reggie Jackson and Roberto Clemente hit one out in that game. I think Harmon Killebrew. Reggie they, Jackson every, hit it out of the stadium. Right. If I remember correctly, I think I think all six guys who homered in that game ended up being Hall of Fame. No, he didn't hit. No, he hit the third deck. Right. What? what the light was, tower. Light tower. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, this one rivaled that one and then blew it out of the water later as it just became a home run fest along the way. One of the guys to homer was Joey Votto of the Cincinnati Reds. Before the game, he went on the set. I think it was with our friend Sean Casey um, and the rest of the MLB. Yeah, the MLB Network, the Intentional Talk crew. And he was talking about his run-in with Felipe Vasquez, the Pirates closer, who, by the way, pitched well last night. One of the few guys to keep the ball in the yard. Two strikeouts. Check out this little story from Votto about his running with Vasquez. Terrified of this guy. Yeah. Lefty, 101. Yeah. First pitch he throws to me that I ever faced. He's with the Nationals here in Washington. Right. Actually, we're in Cincinnati. Right over my head. Next pitch, right underneath my chin. Okay. Yeah. We're 2-0. Throws one in. 3-0. I take the walk. He gets traded to the Pirates. He's in, in the division. Now, all of a sudden, sharpening up, better slider, throwing strikes forever. I still think he's going to hit me in the head. Okay? <laughs> right, right. Now, we're in the clubhouse. We don't know each other, okay? He says, you know, a lot of people tell me you're not a very nice guy. Like, you're weird, you're mean. <laughs> okay? And I go, I go... I, I don't know who's telling you those things. I think I'm kind of a nice guy. I think I've got a good reputation. Yeah. But really, deep down inside, I want to say, hey, who the heck do you think you are talking to <laughs> me that way? Like, bow up on him yeah. sort of thing. But then I think, oh, he'll hit me in the head at 101. Say, Votto does have this reputation of being a nice guy, but at the same time, he's always involved in fights with other teams. No, Votto's... He's a weird guy. He's a weird guy. Now, Vasquez isn't a weird guy. No, I mean, Joey a- Votto's never changed his name to his sisters or anything like that. And correct me if I'm wrong, Vasquez took his sister as his... Agent. To the game. Yes, I think so. She accompanied him to the All-Star game. They are uncomfortably close. They're definitely going to get married. It's really... I, I don't know what to... Do. I don't even know how to talk about it. It's like, I, so I don't know what it is. Weird. It's very weird. Like, you know, sometimes at the Oscars, for instance, somebody takes their mom as their date, right? Like, that's sweet. Mm-hmm. In this case, I don't know. It's more sweet. like when Angelina uh, Jolie yeah, took her brother as her date. <laughs> yeah. And then open mouth kissed him when she won something. Yeah, it's it's, it's a little... I, I leave that for somebody else to figure out. I don't want to go down that path and, you know, dredge up I always wondered what her brother said to her after that. Like, thanks. hey, uh, <laughs> what were you doing there? That was really weird. Or do they just always do that? That's they're like that family in SNL that just kisses way too long. <laughs> Who was that? <laughs> like Kristen Wiig was the mom, right? Yeah, and it was Fred Armisen. Yes, Fred Armisen was the Bill dad. Bill Hader was was Bill Hader in that family? 
And then somebody brought home I a guy. So. Somebody brought home a guy from college. Right? Hey, yeah. my, my, my roommate's coming home for Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. Hey, how are you? Mwah, 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 mwah. <laughs> Good to see you. All right, so who do we think is the better agent, the sister of Felipe Vasquez or Adisa Bakari, Le'Veon Bell's agent? Uh, jury's out. And look, if Lev Bell gets paid next year, this guy was right to do it. But if Lev Bell blows out a knee, it was a stupid move. Have you seen some of the Facebook comments and tweets against Lev Bell from Steelers fans? Oh, like yeah. the, oh my. It's, oh, yeah. It's dangerous. Well, they're highly emotional at this moment. Right. There's one that's going around on a thread. I think Mike Freeman from Bleacher Report retweeted it, and now everybody's seizing it. Some Steeler fan in the Philippines basically wishing he blows out both knees at the same time. That's the degree that some Steeler fans have gotten to. I don't want him to get hurt. Like, who no. wants him to get hurt? Then you're sort of defeating the purpose. You want him for at least one more year now to get I'm you to the fascinated. Super Bowl. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what the market is for him. Because he thinks it's so high now that I'm like, well, I want you to, I want you to find out. Look, if he gets to the season unscathed and has statistically another great year, and there's no reason to believe he wouldn't, he's gonna make more money than he would have with the Steelers. Yes. The question is, is that the smartest move? The other thing that's a false notion, and I know Madden talks about this, there are some players who, when they jeopardize their legacy with the Steelers, they're giving up the opportunity to capitalize on it in the future. You know, James Harrison, if he wants to open up a gym right now, maybe uh, not the best time, you know, after his Patriots didn't. He might have lost favor with some of the fans. Uh, there are always going to be Steelers. Like Richard Mendenhall is not going to be able to have any sort of Steeler tie Going well, I wrote about that after the Mel Blunt celebrity roast. I went to that and talked to him and Donnie Shell and Brett Kiesel was pretty uh, blunt about that himself. And you know, he said he's got to get his, but there is, like you said, a fraternity that goes on well beyond here in Pittsburgh. Right. It's it's fairly unique. I mean, you see it in some other diehard cities, but it's you you can you have a lifetime. You will always be Mike. Well, that's a bad example. Mike Merriweather, for instance, is a guy who has managed to get that back here in Pittsburgh. But it was it took a while. You know, even Rod Woodson it took a while. Yeah, but my point is is Le'Veon Bell is not gonna need that. True. He has he will have enough money. That won't matter. Well we don't know about that. He will sign for enough money. We don't know if he will manage the money properly. Who do you think's more likely to go broke given the amount of NFL players who go broke? Lev Ooh. Bell or A B? Oh man. Wow. That is tough. Can it be a race? Yeah, can it be a tie? Because I got, I, I, I had A B. I think it's going to be A B, but I. As now, now I'm thinking it could be Lev just because if he, I don't know how he lives. We I, know how A B lives, and it's ridiculous. Doesn't A B have a head start? Bentley. I think A B has a head start with the little A Bs as opposed to the little Levs. Oh, that's a good point. Little yeah. A Bs, a three million dollar a year chef. Don't sleep on Lev though. He's procreating at a at a really Cromarty level. Did he have two babies at he once? He has three, I think. Lev did? Yeah. Didn't he have two, like, back-to-back? Yeah. Well, that's why he left right before the Patriots game. Allegedly. He had Remember two, two years kind ago? of simultaneous. Remember he missed a day of practice right before the Patriots game, and people were trying to figure out if it was injury-related or not, and no, part of the reason they used was somebody, got, somebody had a baby in California, and he, <laughs> yeah. he went out to California and back in, like, 18 hours. Coach, I can't crazy. practice tomorrow. i got to have a baby. He's got a uh, couple again? babies that are the same age, and they're not twins. All right. <laughs> Well, Let's put so, it that way. But how many does AB have? He's got a nice little brood. But AB like has like 
you know, he'll fly private everywhere. I've been on a plane with Lev Bell. I, I doubt I'll ever be on a plane with AB. He flies in like diamond encrusted planes. <laughs> AB really spends so much money. It's insane how much money. His clothes alone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. His like, Lev Bell Gucci goes out suits. wearing like a t shirt and designer jeans or something like, right i've seen Le- lev in many different videos like just out and around with he has like adidas sandals on right and his mesh jersey right, right. <laughs> yeah ab has a ten thousand dollar outfit on at all times oh, yeah. he's got a, a custom gucci suit with a matching bag and he never will be seen wearing the same thing twice so i mean imagine ab's like entourage the, the hand-me-downs they must get what's oh forgotten God. about what's left behind once Think, worn th- things that are just taken from his home and he doesn't notice that they're gone that sort of thing yeah well this is uh the agent uh adisa bakari for Le'Veon bell talking about the uh, nfl and why you have to be so cognizant of what the signing bonus and the first year or two of the contract is all about this is not baseball this is not the nba this is not hockey this is the nfl where the only thing that matters with respect to these contracts, again, for, your, for the fans listening, NFL contracts are unilaterally written. They are singularly written in the sense that the owners at any time can decide that they don't want to honor the contract anymore. Well, he's not telling us anything new there. We know that. But what's being, I think, misidentified now is this $10 million signing bonus thing. Oh, they only offered him $10 million. Well, what was his salary going to be for the first year? What if it was $14 million on top of that? Well, there's mm-hmm. 24 of the 33 right there. Right. Here's one thing, though, that I will, that I will say on, in defense of Lev Bell is that, that we, we, we've seen many different um, players n- have their careers ended here not being paid. When the time came, like that's why Harrison left the first time to go to Cincinnati. Troy Polamalu's career, like he's still. But you've also, like I said before, you've never seen anybody sign a deal like this and not get what was coming to them in the first couple years. Like even right. Lamar Woodley's awful contract, he was here for three years. You know, he got paid for three years. Yeah, so. I think what he's arguing is a league-wide thing. I think sure. oh, yeah. the contracts in the NFL, they they never. They're just not as strong as the other sports. But speaking of that, Forbes just came out with this list of uh, top 100 NFL players on it. Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, Drew Brees, Derek Carr, Alex Smith, Trumaine Johnson, Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Vaughn Miller all on the list of top 100 celebrities when it comes to riches in the past calendar year. Now, those guys have got big signing bonuses in that yeah. front-loaded, but that's a pretty big list for mm-hmm. you know, a league where the players don't make the money. Double M next hour. Mark Madden will be joining us more uh, from uh, Tim Benz next hour as well. B.C. Taylor, B.E.'s son, continues the tradition. And B.C. will stop by the studio, 9.15, and we'll go uh, into the archives to remember Sean Casey's most brilliant all-star performance. That's next. It's the DVE Morning Show. Uh, it was fun to see our friend Sean Casey at the Home Run Derby in the All-Star Game once again this year. A couple of years back, though, Sean Casey... At the home run derby, caught one of the home runs one handed with like, what do you have, ribs in his hand or something? I don't he know. He was just eating ribs. He was, uh, <laughs> so of course, came on the show to talk about it. So everybody's sitting watching the home run derby, which, by the way, much cooler this year with the clock. Oh, way better. All right. Uh, who was it that hit the home? Was it um, Josh, Josh. Josh Donaldson? Okay. Oh, well, yeah, Josh Donaldson. Yeah. Yeah. So Josh Donaldson hits one. <laughs> 
Foul. Left. <laughs> Couple decks up. Right at your head. <laughs> I was unbelievable. And you caught it. And I caught it. I got. Well, I was like, it's either I'm gonna lose all my teeth here, break my nose, or catch this ball. You know. It, you know, it was unbelievable because. We were like back left corner, second deck. I was like, we're on my network. Like, we like legitimately, I'm like, can we get some better seats here? But, you know, like, <laughs> I was like, what are we doing? But it was like a nice suite and, you know, they had some good food and stuff. So I go out there and the one, our host of the show, Greg Amzinger, he's sitting there. He's like, hey, can, I, can guys hit the ball this far? I mean, we're up there, Billy. Oh, so yeah. I'm like, yeah, they, they're big leaguers and they're looking to stop, drop, and drive. They're looking to hit some bombs. So I'm like, yeah, they can hit it out here. So, he says, can Donaldson? I said, yeah, no doubt. So sure enough, I'm crushing like a couple spare ribs. In this, you know, that's all. I got a beer and some spare ribs. There we go. And like, I looked, I get a text. I look down. And right when I look down, Amsner goes, here we go. And I'm like, I pop up. Right when I pop up, just spare ribs go flying everywhere. Because I, I look and the, the, the ball is like 10 feet from the foul pole. Now we're 10 feet right in the, to the left of the foul pole. I'm like... Oh my gosh, it's coming right for us. <laughs> Drop the spare ribs, spill the beer on the guy in front of me. I'm like, my bad. <laughs> you had time to apologize. <laughs> I almost yeah. broke my phone. That goes flying. I jump up and I'm like, I got to catch the ball. It's going to hit me right in the face. I stand up and catch it. And I'm like, oh my God, I caught it. And that, now I'm, now, and I'm, and our seats are overlooking the left field bleachers. This place is packed. Not, you know, when you catch a foul ball, I've never done it before. I'm so excited. I like just turn into Hulk Hogan. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> And then the crowd realized it's me, and they're like, yeah! <laughs> and then they all, the whole place starts shitting, Casey, Casey! And, like, and then I just go into full Hulk Hogan, oh Macho Man, God. Randy Savage. I get top step to start waving my hand. Here we go, Cincinnati! I'm like, get a hold of yourself. It was unbelievable. And the ball sliced my finger. I'm bleeding all over the place. <laughs> I've been so anyway, so, I mean, the crowd, the crowd sees it. You, it's not like you're just another guy in Cincinnati. You know, they know who. No, he's you in are. their Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> was that, oh yeah, it was the place. It was unbelievable. And then they, they, a couple other times, they kept chanting. It was one of the coolest <laughs> things ever. And all I could think about was all the bucko games I went to growing up with my dad with like a glove, like Dad, let's sit a place we can catch a foul ball. Like thousand, twelve hundred bucko games, never caught a foul ball. Here I am in Cincinnati after playing there my whole life. Again, I, and I'm in the worst seat. I'm literally left field corner, second deck. Like, this is the seat my dad would never have bought because there's no way I was going to get in there. And bam, it would have hit me right in the face, and I catch my first foul ball ever in the big leagues. Oh, my and God. And it got there in a hurry, man. That was oh. a screamer. Like, Oh, and I told Dawson the next day, I said, hey, man, you got to put a little more on that. If I can catch that ball at 470 feet, you got you to you you hit the weight room, buddy. Uh, I mean, it didn't look real. Like, I was half watching it, and I go, are you kidding? It looked like the Pittsburgh dad, like superimposed yeah. footage, like he was in Kennywood Memories or something. I'm like, how the hell is he up there and caught that ball? It, uh, like, it took me a while to process. Me too, because they didn't acknowledge it. I guess because yeah. you don't work no. for ESPN. No, no, you know what's funny is one of the guys said, oh, some guy caught that. Oh, yeah, and I was like, you know said, some guy. I'm like, that looks like Sean Casey. Then I waited until the commercial rewound it and yeah. froze it. Like, yeah. yes, it is. <laughs> Well, we thought that too. Like we're like, you know, they didn't like stay on. It was a great thing. But Aaron Boone's a good friend of mine was doing the derby, and, he, and I was like, Booney, what's up, man? You guys don't like the network or something? That was a kind of a cool moment. He goes, he goes, we totally missed it because of the new format. Whenever a ball would land, another one's on the way. So they were like just kind of going yeah. back and forth because they, they had the long shot. And they said, oh my god, somebody caught it, and then yeah. they had a close up of it because I yeah. took a picture of it yeah. and tweeted it. You're like it is case. Yeah, <laughs> they should have been talking about that for half an hour. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the ball now? 
Oh, I have it. Hall of Fame. It's, it's, it's at my house. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. I think I left it in Cincinnati. Oh, man. <laughs> Dude, you got to have that ball. That's... No, I do have it. And there's blood on it, too. It was like... Yeah, it blew up your finger, right? Yeah, oh, it blew, slipped, sliced my finger, and I was bleeding really good. And then I went and watched. I was like, man, that's that's an awesome battle wound. Then I went and washed my hand. I was like, wow, it's just a little scratch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get Donaldson to sign it? I was going to do that, too. I, I, like Somebody asked me, did you get Donaldson to sign I, I had so much going on with yeah, the network spare stuff. ribs and... Yeah. I just couldn't... Oh, then, <laughs> did, you see, did you see the picture? So Chris Rose takes his picture. He's like, dude, you got to get a picture. So I turn around and take a big picture smile. Humongous spare rib I, in my I thought, in that, my I thought there was something <laughs> on my <laughs> computer. No, dude, scratching no, no, just a humongous piece of rib just like sticking out like... <laughs> Doesn't matter for Lev. He can't do any damage control in the eyes of Steelers fans. His, if he acted like Heath Miller and then this was going down, he might have a, a leg to stand on with the fans. But the fact that he's been rapping about how much money he wants, Heath's a bad example because there's... Yeah, that's as soon as you said that the first thing that went in my mind is a Heath Miller rap album, and I'm just <laughs> having a hard time picturing that right now. He's it's, hanging out with Wiz. Or, the most milk toast album ever. It's just silent with him thanking people. Yeah. <laughs> the humblest rapper ever to do it. Just want to thank my mom and dad. Yo, I couldn't be this great without a lot of people around me supporting me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Val Porter's got your news right now on the DVE Morning Show. It is five minutes after nine at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. 11. It's 66 degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by Mattress Firm. Tech billionaire Elon Musk is apologizing to one of the heroes who helped save the 12 boys stuck in that flooded cave in Thailand. Tesla shares dropped on Monday after Musk attacked British cave dyer Vern Unsworth. He played a key role in rescuing those boys. Unsworth was critical of Musk's effort to save the boys. Musk sent like a sub, a sub over there. Right. You know, because uh, everybody has a, a sub sitting around. Right. So not using. the rescuers were like, that's not going to work. It's just a PR stunt anyway. So Musk responded with an attack on Twitter calling Unsworth a pedo, meaning pedophile. On Tuesday, Musk apologized to his companies and to Unsworth, saying the fault is mine and mine alone. Here's my question. Should we really be nicknaming pedophile? Can't we just say it the whole whole thing every time? Pedo, I I just don't like the, hey, he's a pedo. Like it's cute. Hey, he's a ped ped. What? What? Oh, pedophile. Yeah, it sounds like a diet you might be on. Doing this new pedo. No good. It's no good. No, no Elon Musk is in, is uh, is an awful. He's a and he's a kind of a weird dude, isn't dude, he? Dude, him and Jeff Bezos. I'm telling you right now, be terrified of them. Isn't his mom like a model? I don't know. I don't know anything about him. I don't know. Musk. First time I saw him was in that movie, uh, Why Him, with yeah. James Franco and Brian Cranston, which is actually which, yeah, it's not a bad movie. Very funny movie. Yeah. Um, that and Game Night are the two surprise movies that you can just throw on, and oh, you'll. Game Night is. Good. I haven't seen either. Game of those Night movies. is hilarious. You'll Who's laugh. in Game Night again? Jason Bateman and the girl from the Notebook, Rachel mm-hmm. McAdams. McAdams. Uh, it's very funny. Love also, the her. guy from Friday He's Night funny, Lights so. is on there too. The coach from Friday Night Lights is in it, and uh, that whole sort of cast of characters. Are there any pedos in it? I don't believe so. <laughs> okay. 
Air Force One getting a complete makeover. President Trump told CBS Evening News the plane will be getting a new patriotic paint scheme. The White House announced back in February a $3.9 billion fixed price contract with Boeing for the new planes. Before the announcement, there reportedly was years of negotiations between Boeing and the U.S. Air Force with President Trump even personally intervening after the 2016 election. President Trump says the new plane will take a long time to build and will probably used, uh, be used much more by future presidents, not him. And Mexico's going to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> I told you earlier this morning it's National Hot Dog Day. It doesn't have to be. Good I day mean, to be Phil Kessel. Sure. <laughs> right. Exactly. What's the best hot dog in Pittsburgh? <sighs> D six-pack shop. Mm-hmm. I, I'd go with D's. I'd go Franksuary. It's pretty say, damn I good, man. I haven't been, to I haven't for been a while, there. But... Oh, dude, I've that place down there. on Butler is awesome. I know. Everybody t- talks about it, and for some reason, I just have never been in there. They got more than just hot dogs. I love hot dogs. Well, then you love that place. Also, Brighton. Oh, yeah, well, that's um, a classic. There's right the, down at the bottom of the hill. Yeah. Okay, that's the spot. Right in Hot Dog. I shop. remember a good yeah, Friday. Really good. We did a live show <laughs> in Newcastle. We were up at, I don't even remember the name of the bar. Uh, it's a guy's name. Tony's, I can't remember. Dino's. No. It's like a, a first and last name, I think. It wasn't Peter B's. That's Sarver. No. But it's out in Newcastle. That was another big show. That show, Peter B's will forever <laughs> be one of the scariest moments of my yes. life. But was I at that one? No, no. that was a long time ago. It was ago. a long time ago. Before that might have been 15 years ago. Our company would never, ever, ever in a million years let us do that now. Well, what was the one where somebody stumbled up onto the stage in the middle of the show? Oh, that was a you were on that show. Yeah, that was in Greensburg. Yeah, I don't that know. That place was pretty wild. But this show we did in Newcastle was on a Friday. It was Good Friday. So it was like a no eat and meat Good Friday morning, and I drove Eddie Crow in my Honda. Wait, I thought we were in Aliquippa for Good Friday. Well, we did a bunch of Good Fridays because we always did April. Mm-hmm. But he wanted to go get those hot dogs. Yeah. And he got four chili dogs. <laughs> and he crushed <laughs> and he crushed them on the way back from Newcastle <laughs> in my passenger seat. And I remember looking over and I was like, I'm not even appalled about the Good Friday aspect of this and the sim- symbolism behind you doubling your meat per hot dog. <laughs> but the fact that you crushed four on the way home. And now you're you're probably speeding. I was going so fast trying to get the them clock, there. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> God forbid. I'd have to call AAA. He I don't... finishes it up, starts drinking a coffee. You're like, no! Dude, it was impressive. Like, it, you know, it's not that far of a ride from Newcastle back here. No. At some point, those are going to activate. Four. There's a place With in- With chili um, and I've onions. I've never eaten four hot dogs in one t- They are. They one were sitting. like the- I mean, they were- They weren't like footlongs, but still. I go two hot dogs maximum. I can't do more yeah. than that. I used to a, love chili dogs with mustard. I used to love them. I can't really do them anymore. Chicago dogs are what I really like now. Yeah, that's do what you, Do you like the burnt grilled hot dog? Yes, yes. I do. A yes. Smith's hot dog with the natural casing and you burn it a little bit so it pops. Mm-hmm. It's nice. There's a place in Franklin that's been around since I was a kid, probably before that. Polly's Tasty Freeze. Mm-hmm. And they steam their hot dogs and their buns, and they have that real fine chili sauce. Ooh, like it's yeah. it's real fine. See, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's almost called it's called Greek sauce. It's a hot. In, wait, up north. Let's, let's go to Polly's and get a hot dog with sauce. 
Oh. Ooh. And a milkshake. That's it. I just, uh, I, oh, I, I want to uh, eat Shake that Shack so Shack has really good hot dogs, too. Do they really? Yeah. They got good everything, though, right? Mm-hmm. There are some restaurants and convenience stores uh, offering hot dog deals today to celebrate. Uh, the top condiments, top toppings. Ketchup and relish. Hot, ketchup is number one. Oh, man, really? On a Ch- hot dog, should be mustard relish. Chili is number two. Oh, God, Whoa. above mustard? I didn't see that coming. After that, it's mustard, cheese, relish, onions, sauerkraut, mayo, jalapenos, and coleslaw. Yeah, I didn't think I would like all the junk on a hot dog. Like, I'm a pretty plain guy. Like, just give me ketchup, maybe ketchup and relish. That's all I ever do until I had a Chicago-style dog, and then I was like, Don't oh, they man, put, this like, is awesome. tomatoes on Chicago dogs? Oh, yeah. There's tons of stuff on there. I don't know if there's tomatoes. There's a pickle. There's the green pepper that's, like, dice, but it's, like, not a regular green pepper. You can get, like, th- that's why I love these is you can get, like they have a Pittsburgh style dog where there's coleslaw and fries in it. Sauerkraut and onions, so good. Ooh, good for your gut. Not great for your breath <laughs> or your bucket. <laughs> good for your gut, not for your butt. <laughs> not for your butt. Uh, if you enjoy, this is an appropriate story maybe to follow up a four hot dog story. If you enjoy escaping the real world by spending a lot of time in the bathroom, you might want to rethink the strategy. Scientists and health officials have found that hanging out on the toilet for more than 10 minutes at a time can cause problems. Anal prolapse. Uh, ah, that Yeah. Rectal prolapse. Uh, and when you're in there, the germs are swirling around you. So the longer you're in there, the more germs get on you and it can give you hemorrhoids. I'm prolapsing in a poo cloud, honey. You want to leave me alone for a second? Dude, you do not want to prolapse. That's like the, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't even want to Google it. I don't Google no. it. Google it right now. <laughs> Google it. Google. <laughs> that would be a great like death metal band name, Anal Prolapse. Anal pro- oh, jeez. <laughs> Google it right now. <laughs> I do not want to be in the front row of that concert. <laughs> Gigi Allen is the, uh, would have been Gigi. the lead singer. <laughs> Uh, the boxer, oh, wow. <laughs> nicknamed Money, the world's <laughs> highest paid entertainer. The annual Forbes Celebrity 100 list shows Floyd Mayweather pulled in $285 million from June of 2017 through last month. George Clooney is second, uh, $239 million. Kylie Jenner is third, followed by Judge Judy and Dwayne Johnson. And The Rock, of course, has dominated the box office recently. Uh, his journey from pro wrestler to movie star has come at a great cost, on screen anyway. Some number crunchers at Rotten Tomatoes figured out that more than $14 trillion worth of damage has been featured on screen during his 22 <laughs> That's movies. hilarious. Wait, how does how does George Clooney make that much money? I he hasn't been in a ton of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's he well, he has that Casamigos tequila. Oh. Okay. Yeah, he's he's got different revenue streams yeah, that we don't even know about. Yeah, he's got businesses. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you did a shot of tequila? Couldn't tell you. I have successfully avoided tequila for a long time. Long I've time. Never done a shot of tequila. Shut the front door. Let's do one right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not. Oh my God. Joe, do we be, have tequila here? We got to have tequila immediately somewhere. Immediately drunk. <laughs> I'm how, absolutely. If I how many times can you hit the dump button? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I want to do it. I want to see. I want to see Val on tequila. 
Oof. I don't know if I could choke it down. Yeah, you could. Steve McKenna gave it's me a shot bad. of, I think it was whiskey once, and I, it almost, as soon as it hit my throat, the reflex almost threw it right back up. Oh, yeah, I've almost thrown up. Duran Duran. The Durant. reflux. <laughs> right. It's an acid thing. <laughs> And finally, the Kings Ray Davies is updating fans on the band's previously announced forthcoming reunion plans. In a recent interview, Davies said he's got all these great songs that need to be aired. He added that if the band can get together and produce four or five tracks, he'd consider recording an entire album. Davies also revealed the band has a whole reservoir of songs that they half did in the 70s and 80s. So the material's there. We'll see what happens. Should be an absolutely beautiful day today. Clouds and sun, upper 70s for the high. It's 66 at DVE. Who puts mayonnaise on a hot dog? How is that number eight? Mayonnaise? What? Nobody puts yeah, mayonnaise on know. a hot dog. Or baby in a corner. Two things that don't happen. <laughs> I don't know. That'd probably be good. I put a hot dog in a corner and I put a mayonnaise on baby. <laughs> I put a mayonnaise on a baby. I'm not an idiot. We've all been there. Ketchup, chili, mustard, cheese. Cheese, too. I mean... I don't put cheese, yeah. Re- cheese dogs. I'm mustard and relish. Onions, I would have thought, would have been higher, because yeah. a lot of people like onions Love on a hot dog. Love onions on a hot dog. What's the best uh, hot dog at the grocery store? Smith's. Smith's. There's a... Is it called, like, Silver... Silver Star's a local company. Yeah, yeah they're that's So, good. Smith's. I grew up with Smith's. They're from Northeast PA. I got a special place for them. Those you are like big. the Smith's? Yeah. Go up to here and get the den dressing they make. They don't. I don't think the they what? sell that down here. It's called den dressing. It's like a French dressing. It's a very thick, uh, sweet and sour kind of salad. To put on a hot dog? No, no, no. Put it on just on salad. I'm just oh. talking about other things they make. Oh, okay. They're not just you. hot dogs, Val. I, got, I thought we were still on Val, hot dog topics. stop trying to put them in a box. Don't put Smith's in a corner. Baby's already there. Bacon-wrapped hot dogs are pretty good. People like the bacon. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's too much. And then you put sauerkraut. That's good. Have you ever seen how they make hot dogs? <laughs> I know. Google Anal Pro Google apps. it right now. <laughs> and then furthermore. Google it right now. Yeah. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, no. There has uh there hasn't been anybody uh, in uh, the Pittsburgh music community more beloved than B.E. Taylor, and his passing was a, a really sad thing for, for all of us here at DVE and, and everyone uh, in the in the Pittsburgh music world. And joining us right now, his son, B.C. Taylor. B.C., good morning. How are you, buddy? Good morning, everyone. I'm doing well. How are you guys? Where are you calling from? I am in Nashville, Tennessee at the moment. How are things going for you there? Uh, uh, incredibly well. I, I absolutely love this. Uh, this city. It actually reminds me a lot of the feel of Pittsburgh, which is probably why I'm I'm such a fan. <laughs> you have to say that when you say you like someplace else. Mm-hmm. When you call well, in, no, you have to be like, I'm in yeah, uh, Paris, no, I, but I, I gotta be honest, really reminds me yeah. of Blonox. And I think that's <laughs> exactly. what... Yeah. <laughs> no, but you're playing down there, right? Yes. I, uh, I, I, uh, I've been working more here than I have really anywhere else. Um, the industry's and, uh, there, man. It, in in a major way, and and what I love about it is the, it, the community of musicians are they're so welcoming, and I and I realized that as soon as I got here, I had friends tell me that like they will embrace you, and and that's exactly what happened. Um, so I'm I'm really really happy with with my move to to Nashville. It's it's been great. Well, that's awesome, uh, and uh, you know you're one heck of a musician. You are a chip off the old block, no doubt about it. And your dad was one of the most uh, revered and beloved musicians, not only by fans, 
uh, of his work. But, it, you know, the guys that work with your dad, nobody ever had a bad thing to say about B.E. Taylor. And you're, uh, with the help of a lot of those guys, you're continuing the tradition that he started with the Christmas shows once again, right? Yes, that's that's absolutely correct. Now, absolutely. So, what? Feel the love celebrating a B.E. Taylor Christmas. What will? Uh, who's all going to take part in it? What's going to be uh, encompass the show? Tell us about it. Well, last year we did we did um, a show in uh, at the Capitol, which included everybody from the, from the uh, the previous years: Rick Bukowski, Jeff Jimerson, Herbie Granati, uh, the, the whole crew: Jamie Peck, uh, Herb Schweitzer. Um, we had other people who, who played before and then ended up leaving, like Anthony Rankin. He was involved for a long time, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh guitar player, and oh, yeah. uh, he was he played for us for a while, and then ended up moving to Nashville and, and touring, and uh, had to had to step out for a few years. But when we did something like we did last year, everybody who was involved wanted over the years wanted to be included, and of course we wanted them there, um, and it was. A wonderful night, a wonderful two nights. Of this was the Capitol Theater in Wheeling. Correct, yes. And uh, we, when we decided to move forward with the show, it, it became too late in the season to try to add more dates uh, because we were really focused on um, wanting it to be successful and not biting off more than we could chew. Because, you know, I, I know how many people loved my father, um, which is why... Uh, we wanted to at least do a show, but I also am realistic in saying that, like you know, I get that these shows are different without him. No matter how you know he, he's the, the love that that he created on stage and the, and the the experience that he created and, and the the brotherhood and the family values and the and the the, the 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 overall experience from the show was still there, but. You know, you're missing you're missing the star, and it'll never be the same because he's not there. But because people loved him so much, the show was very successful. Um, so much so that we're moving forward with this year. And one of the one of the venues that that has always been unbelievably near and dear to not only my father but everybody is Heinz Hall. There's something right. magical about that venue. There's something. Um, when you walk on that stage, you know you're you're part of something bigger. And I mean, it's just such a gorgeous location, a gorgeous stage. You know, the lobby is amazing. The people there are incredible. And mm-hmm. when uh, Dad would tell me about how he, you know, one of the first years he played there, he was talking to me about how when he was a kid, he would walk by Heinz Hall when he would, you know, take the bus into town, probably skipping school or something like that. Um, and he would walk by Heinz Hall and, and, and just kind of like walk in awe as he passes it and, and, and think to himself, like, one day I'm going to play this stage. And the fact that he was able to do that was not something that um, he, uh, he, he uh, you know, took for granted. Right. And he played it um, dozens of times. I mean, these concerts, oh God, are they're, yeah. they're legendary. And uh, it's, yeah. it's a really... Uh, uh, great thing. I'm glad that you guys are in a place that you're able to uh, put on these shows and celebrate them because they stand for more than just uh, a celebration of your dad. They they really uh, are emblematic of everything he stood for. And that is really the, the feel, the vibe, and the sentiment of these shows is not lost, and your dad is going to be there. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, and, and 
you know, just because of the arrangements, the arrangements that he created and the, the experiences on stage. And again, like he would always say this show has become bigger than him. It's become bigger than me. It's mm-hmm. become bigger than everybody on that stage because, because of one, why we are celebrating. Like we are there first and foremost to celebrate the birth of Christ. Um, and secondly, uh, we're there to, to really just, um, embrace the season and and feel the love like that that was his biggest that was his only goal of the entire of you know of of the show was to to leave people feeling excited and and happier than when they came in and he did that year in and year out and you know that as long as we do that this year it's going to be a successful show tickets are available at the heinz hall box office what's the date of the show Day of the show is December seventeenth, which is a Monday. Monday, December seventeenth. Awesome. Well, this is a tradition that I'm glad is going to continue. And BC, uh, you know, I, I loved your dad. We all did, man. He was the best, and I'm so glad that you're going to uh, continue this tradition of celebrating a BE Taylor Christmas. Feel the love. Tickets available at the Heinz Hall box office for the December seventeenth show. And uh, BC, continued success to you, man. And we'll see you back here in December. Thank you, sir. All right, buddy. We'll see you. That's BC Taylor. Son of B.E. Taylor and Big Show, once again, they're bringing it back. They're doing the B.E. Taylor Christmas show at Heinz Hall. Feel the love celebrating a B.E. Taylor Christmas. Tickets on sale sale at the Heinz Hall box office. And uh, the on-sale date for that is August 10th at 10 a.m. And you can get tickets through TrustArts.org. DVE Sports. Oh, as the world turns, Tim Benz. With your sports this morning, filling in for pursuit on DVE. Well, the world turns on Twitter, and no one turns on Twitter harder than the Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, we're just seeing this now. Juju Smith-Schuster, you said, is this on Instagram or is this on Twitter? Here? Twitter. Uh, saying that if Le'Veon Bell is leaving, I'm going to hop in that car with him. If Le'Veon Bell's leaving, I might have to hop in that car with him. We need to pay him. I'll give him a couple million to be on our team, and then he laughed. He doesn't have a couple million yet. I don't know. He couldn't even afford a bike. Right. That's part of the charm, I thought. <laughs> Is he even 21? He just turned 21, right? Just turned 21 last year? Yeah. You know, yeah. this season? Yeah. Yeah, you're not... He's gotten... He does not have a couple million to give Le'Veon Bell to make this easier. You know, and he's got, what, two more years left on his contract? Enough, Juju. You don't need to glom on here or pile on here. There's plenty of drama going on before you attach yourself to it. Yeah. Uh, but that latest chapter of the Steelers and their drama in the offseason crested two days ago when Le'Veon Bell did not come to terms on a contractual agreement with the Steelers, which means, of course, that he's going to have to play this year on the franchise tag. Uh, The report that came out yesterday, which is getting a lot of attention on pro football talk, in fact, uh, Mike Florio, who's really done hatchet job after hatchet job in the Steelers as it relates to uh, not paying Lev Bell, talked about how this is a reverse godfather offer. They gave him an offer that he couldn't accept, is how he described it with the $10 this million. Is, I, honestly, what Florio is like... I, I don't know like what he's getting. working he, for Lev's agent or yeah, something. Yeah, he's got a real bee in his bonnet about this one topic as it relates to the Steelers, and I don't understand why he's dying on this hill about what Bell's ask is. And we I all just know, pictured Florio with a bonnet. Sorry, I'm just coming back from that. <laughs> Sorry. We all know that the salary was going to make up the difference. Like if, if it's ten million and ten million, then it's twenty million. Now, gonna... I know what it, it, it was a total disingenuous argument from uh, from Florio there. Yeah, he's really just trying to needle the Steelers. As Bakari was trying to needle Pick the Steelers him with yesterday. A needle now. 
needle in a bonnet. He's got to burn his saddle. Uh, this is Bakari on the... Uh, the plot keeps thickening. The serious NFL channel. Yeah, I don't know who reported it or where they got their information, but I will say this. I mean, you could report that the deal was $700 million. At right. the end of the day, how much is fully guaranteed in the context of NFL contracts? And that's just the signing bonus. But again, if they gave him 10 and 10, that would be 20. They're not going to cut him before September. He's going to make then at least 20 if that's the case. Florio is going to be eating crow. What? I'm just trying to add things oh. that he's doing. He's got a, got a crow in his bonnet. <laughs> he's going to eat it later and then have his cake. Oh, yeah. We went through every other hot dog flavor. Maybe we can get to crow hot dogs next. You forgot poutine, by the way, from the Franctuary. That was my favorite one. Oh, yes. You're right. Yeah. Poutine, poutine and, hot dogs? Yeah, really good. Franctuary's really good. got good stuff, man. It's a cool bar. They brought that up to Grist House one day when I was there. That was Oof. that was perfect. Poutine. Um, now, as far as the... Vladimir Poutine. <laughs> Vladimir Poutine. <laughs> that, was, that was the best tweet of the day yesterday. Was the 47 things that Trump is denying. The one thing he accepts... <laughs> Trump, uh, Putin, Putin. Yeah. That guy's telling the truth. Everybody lies except Putin. That good, guy's on it. Good guy. So you might think the Steelers have had a crazy offseason, and they have, but uh, how about what's been going on this past week with the Arizona Cardinals, huh? Their GM gets pulled over for extreme DUI. Extreme DUI. Extreme, which is when you drink Mountain Dew afterwards. I think so, yes. <laughs> so he's got to go to jail for a couple days, I think two days, and then on top of that... He's got a five-game suspension as a general manager. I don't know what that means when you get suspended as a GM. You just can't go to the game. No Isn't moves. An extreme suspension. You can't make any moves. He got fined. You can only make grand. Mick twists. <laughs> Something. Is this extreme. by the league or the law? No, this is by the Cardinals. They well, the oh, Cardinals okay. suspended him for five games, and you got You're fined. just a regular manager now. You're not the general one. Steve Kime is his name, and then yesterday, <laughs> one of their tight ends got busted. For going into, I guess he's leaving a sushi restaurant, and he, want, he wanted to go to the bathroom in the hotel lobby, which was adjacent to it. This is Ricky Seals-Jones, who's actually Eric Dickerson's cousin. I didn't realize that. We all are. And he gets, he gets uh, 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 grabbed and tackled to the ground by multiple hotel security. There's video of this as he gets tackled by these groups of hotel security people coming out from behind the desk. And then he gets taken to the Scottsdale Police Department, and he takes the most... Happy mugshot you've ever oh, seen in I your life. I thought you were going to say heinous dump. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad a fish came out like yeah. Crawford was describing yeah. the other day. I've never seen a mugshot this happy before in my life because he's described as having bloodshot, watery eyes, and he looks like, hey, Yeah, he probably I'm finally got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> that's probably why he was so happy. Like, that's why my eyes were watering. Um, what other he note- should have just bought a room for the night. It would have been right. cheaper than getting... Booked. Booked and processed. But, but what kind of hotel freaks out about this stuff? I've, I've done that a hundred times. And I've never yeah. seen that much staff at the, at the hotel when I go to check in. There's nobody around. Late at night, too. It was the W Hotel. Dude, uh, are you kidding me? That's uh, that's crazy. I don't know. I get excited if I'm in a restaurant and there's a hotel lobby bathroom nearby. You're like, nice. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. incognito. <laughs> Anything those, goes down, I can get in and out of there unscathed. The W is probably one of those cool bathrooms that's got your own door like you're going into your own closet. It's got that music in it where it makes you feel like you're pooping in a club. <laughs> 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 Has those faucets that have like the wide open. It's just like you're like in a Dove commercial right away. It's like, oh, look, a waterfall. Oh, there's a big square in the sink for some reason where I'm did you ever see those things where they have the sinks and there's like a raised, yes. like yeah. rectangle 
that the water is hitting so that your hands go like your hand almost touches don't the they have that in the surface? stadium? Do they have that in this? Oh in God, one of the no! If they have that in Steeler Stadium. That would just be that's an overpriced. Peeing all yeah. over that. that would... <laughs> well, they are. There's no question. The line to pee in the sink is always shorter than in the 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 urinal. It's true, especially at a hotel. <laughs> I mean, if the guy no was one... doing that, if he was peeing in the lobby, arrest him. Oh no, but... I didn't see any evidence of that in the story. I think he was just trying to, like you said, take care of some business. Maybe got a hold of some bad sushi. It's Arizona after all. It's going you number know? two in the urinal. Why don't... No big deal. Doesn't the sushi restaurant have... A lot of times, like the well, fish market down at uh, in the Doubletree, it's not the fish market anymore. It's some it's hamburger place. Burger place. Right. But they used to... That was their bathroom. You had you to had, go outside yes. in the lobby. Exactly. Yeah. But he was not allowed. Well, maybe he didn't want to defile the sushi <laughs> restaurant, but maybe he was thinking of other people sitting near the bathroom. Yeah, or it maybe might have he was been, on a date. Yeah, it might have been a unisex bathroom. Or that. And he was like... Mm. She's I don't want to drop the mackerel at some point. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, we haven't done the All Star game yet here. This is how it went. Here's Bregman into left center field. Back at the wall and gone. From Fox, one of 10 home runs in the All Star game. And that was the game winner as the AL goes on to defeat the National League by a final score of 8 to 6 in extra innings. Mark Madden next on D. It's Randy Bauman in the DVE Morning Show, and we welcome Mark Madden from uh, 105.9 The X, our uh, brother station, sister station. I don't know. It's another station. It's down the hall. We're related. It's Scarlett Johansson will be playing the station in the movie. Is that true? <laughs> yes. Uh, what is the movie Rub and Tug supposed to be about? I can guess. I guess rubbing and tugging. Dante Tex Gill. Which did she... What's that? Dante Tex Gill, who was the androgy- androgynous mark. Is that the way to well, say no, she it? Was she, trans- was a, she was trans. She was a woman who lived as a man, and right. she was a, a crime boss. She ran prostitution in Pittsburgh, owned a string of massage parlors, and uh, was a pretty tough cookie. And uh, the uh, and also had connections to the steroid ring of the 70s that the Steelers got their stuff from, and that was kind of the sports connection. Really? Yes. Wow. And, uh, Dealing to the pirate parrot. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, you know, there was going to be a movie made about her, and Scarlett Johansson was going to play the lead, and the LG uh, BTQ. BTQ community got all up in arms because they said a trans actor should play the lead, and Scarlett Johansson said, I don't need this, and she bowed out, and now I bet the movie doesn't get made because you need a star to make movies. You're not trying to prove a, a, a point by making a movie. You're trying to get a lot of people to buy tickets, and with ScarJo attached to it, that's a pretty good movie, and, and no offense to the... LGBTQ community because I definitely see their point, but I can't even name one prominent trans actor. Harrison so, Ford. What? <laughs> <laughs> He's too old for that part. He's going the other way too. Yeah. He's yeah. going the other way. But, uh, but so I, I, I got just a think, bad feeling about this. <laughs> I just, uh, I, I just think that they, you know, they killed the movie is what they did by putting the pressure on ScarJo. Um, well, you know that very well maybe I, I don't know. You know what's the, Chaz Bono up to? Is he busy? A lot of gay actors uh, get mad when non-homosexual uh, uh, actors get parts playing a gay person, and that still happens all the time. I don't think that that should be considered at all. I think the best actor for the part that can make it a better movie should get it. Um, yeah, I don't know that it I necessarily is a, should Parsons business. have to give up his part then? Like he's, right. he's gay playing a straight guy. And there's certainly been gay actors who played straight, straight roles, Neil too. Neil Patrick yeah. Harris Harrison on, uh, what was that show, Neil Patrick, How I Met I Your met Mother? You. Yeah. yeah. He's like a womanizing... Hetero. Right. Everything that Kevin Spacey was in. Yeah. Uh, it's true. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, although he may have been bisexual. I don't know. We were talking about that earlier with the Freddie Mercury movie coming out and how 
it was so different in the 70s and 80s that you know people really had it was, it was somehow considered a career killer it was a career killer to come out of the closet so much so that remember when Elton John married that chick Renata something or other yeah and he was like oh no I'm bisexual and everybody was like you're not, it's okay dude you're El- you you're Elton and still he it took him forever to feel comfortable doing that so Freddie Mercury the new movie is not going to really center on its sexuality at all. And I don't know whether you think that detracts from the movie or not, or whether well, I, I know his sexuality is dealt with. I just don't think it's the major theme. Is that the way the I've read it? The crux of the biscuit, is, uh, as it has uh, been described. But uh, but I, I think it's going to I think Queen's a great story. And uh, Why so? Why, what's the best element of Queen in your estimation? Nobody else sounded like him. Nobody. Nobody. And nobody sang like Freddie either. It was just uh, amazing. And they were never really that big in America. That's kind of a... Of, of a myth that they were, you know, big all around the world. They were huge in Europe and England and in the Far East. They, they weren't that big in America. They didn't sell out when they came to America and, in fact, rarely toured America in the late, later stages of Freddie's life. We talked about this in the 6 o'clock hour. I'm playing right now. You can't hear you don't have headphones on. Live in Montreal, the We Will Rock You opener, the fast version that they rediscovered for the Super Bowl commercial this past year. It opened up the 1981 live at Montreal concert and it remains one of my favorite opening numbers of a concert ever because Freddie walks out on stage playing a hit not how people are used to hearing it just double timing it wearing a leather jacket and immediately 60 seconds into the show the entire crowd has fists in the air screaming we will rock you back at the band it is not a stretch to say Freddie was the best front man ever and in fact certainly one of the top three I don't know how anybody could argue against that but I do think nobody rallied the crowd like Freddie the without 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 ostensibly you know it was organic the way he did it Mm-hmm. I don't think they need to necessarily focus on his illness so much, but his sexual proclivities and his, I mean, dude, he was like Caligula. I mean, he had three-day orgies <laughs> at crazy, well, that's like... that's why Sasha Baron Cohen wanted to do the movie. Right, he's, he thought it was going to be like this crazy... He would have ruined the movie. Uh, I don't know about that. He would have ruined the movie. I, I don't, but he, he, he would he would he would have made it into a vehicle for his style. I as agree opposed with to you. telling Freddie Mercury's story. I'm a fan of Sasha Baron Cohen, but he I was agree. I'm, I'm not, as but he ruined that movie. Yeah. Um, Which I think I is thought offensive. he ruined Talladega Nights. I thought I thought I thought he's pretty funny. I thought I thought the main uh, the main comedic element of that movie was the dynamic between Ricky Bobby and Cal Naughton Jr. and Sacha Baron Cohen just detracted from that. I thought a lot of the stuff he did was just stupid. I think a lot of stuff Sacha Baron Cohen does is stupid. Now, to be fair, I think he would characterize himself as very hit or miss. There's some stuff he does that, like when uh, I forget what was it in was it in uh, the Borat. Uh, one of the comedy bits he did for Ollie G, there was one where he was in uh, in in a southern state, like a city council, and he requested, let us now have 20 minutes of silence for my countrymen who were massacred on this day back in... <laughs> and they stood there for 20 minutes. Now, now that's funny. He he he's he does a lot of funny stuff. I heard the stuff, Showtime thing was fifty fifty. Yeah, about it was it was. Ollie G's really good though. That that's his. I think that's his finest work. I mean, Borat is. There are some scenes in Borat that are some, fall some. down funny. When man. he did even when he did TV for that, when he was on Letterman as Borat, he said some funny stuff about his sister. Oh yeah, <laughs> like she has a, vas- a vagine that looks like sleeve of wizard. Yeah. <laughs> what did Felipe Vasquez say? Yeah. <laughs> you see, I I don't I, I would I've never had somebody on my show, and I've had chances like recently. Uh, Derek Smalls, uh, yeah, Harry Shear. Harry Shear wanted to come on as Derek Smalls. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in 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 being the 
the the uh, second band is somebody else's gimmick. Yeah, yeah, we did that interview. <laughs> yes. I wasn't Me here. And Bow was it was bad, right? It was terrible. I wasn't here. Yeah. I didn't hear it. Would you have done it? I I no, didn't. He turned it down. I didn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I thought you wanted to do it. I didn't want to do it. Then why did we do it? Because we, you know, we do it. I don't know. I just, uh, I just thought it would have been a great interview had he been willing to talk about the behind the scenes stuff and like yeah. trying to carry on the care. Like I, the I was surprised. Nobody, was, nobody really remembers that character now. They, they he don't. Didn't have punchlines, right? And he was which he, is the weirdest part. He about was the third, interview. fourth, maybe fifth fiddle in that movie. Uh, he's always been sort of a uh, disgruntled guy. Even his time at SNL is just anybody that's ever worked with him has kind of been like, hey, he's talented, but he's. He's tough to deal with. To know him is to dislike him. Would you say that about uh, yes. Greta Van Fleet? Oh, no. They're, oh. they're brilliant. That's How excited right. are you for, the, for the show? Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I, I've never seen them live. It's my oh. third time already. And they, they, have, they have a short set list to pick from. They've only... Recorded like they just released. No, they just released their ninth. Yeah, do they do covers? What's if yeah? They, a couple of the songs on that. They do EP. like a Holland Wolf cover. Yeah, or something a couple of the like songs that. on the EP are, are Zeppelin covers. Four. What do they do? Uh, well, you know, we can detract all we want, but uh, they're pretty good. I don't discount their musical ability. I um, I kind of think they are a little too Zeppelin. You know for what my you taste, do? Dis- you know what uh, you do? Discount. You discount that they're kids. I think they're kids who are just playing music the way they want to. I don't think there's anything calculated about it at all. Uh, that may be true, but I'm not ready to crown them because of eight songs they wrote. Like continue, the song, there are plenty of great players, gr- plenty of great performers. It's about songwriting, and if they can't do that and well, keep no, that up, there's no question. There's but they're no off to future a, for the band. They're off to a brilliant start. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I've only heard like four or five songs off that EP. I don't know that I've even heard it yeah. start no, to finish. It, it, it's, it's it's really good work, and I. I think that their potential is unlimited, and I th- just think it's great as somebody my age to see kids playing that kind of music. Did you, see, did you hear the new one from yesterday that got released? No, it was uh, it wasn't as good as the first four, but what did it sound good. like? Um, it's, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Was it, which Zeppelin song did it sound like? Oh, I don't. I listened to. <laughs> it we one always time. have to go there. And, see, that's uh, unfair. Well, well that's no, unfair. No, it, struck unfair. Me again, it struck me again. Like there was there's something that sounded. It reminded me of a Zeppelin song, and I couldn't remember which one it was. Well. I, I I can't wait to see the pathway I, to Nirvana. As somebody, as somebody who, as somebody who, uh, not funny, Clark's fan. Uh, as somebody, yeah, you say it's like a bad thing. Like your your constant dissing on one of the hardest working and most well respected bands in Pittsburgh will always be one of the things people will go. I don't know why he did that. Just like your hatred of Myron Cope, everyone's going to go. You know, Mark oh, Madden was such Myron so Cope, good at his job. My, but the reason he well, why he up, felt the need to belittle people who were beloved and up, had great I, I, talent. First off, I don't care what they think. Not alive or I, when I'm dead. No, I know that. And, and uh, second off, Myron was very bad to me professionally, and that's why I don't like him. How was he bad to you professionally? You really want to hear the story? I do. You've never heard it. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, Myron was very dismissive of me when we worked together at 1250. Okay. Whereas guys okay. like Doug Hurth, who forgot more about radio than Myron Cope would ever know, uh, was very receptive to trying to uh, help me. Not that I expected help, but I expected acceptance. So, Did Myron not appreciate your style? I don't know. He never bothered to talk to me about any of it. And then uh, when he left for DVE, when the Steelers left for DVE, more accurately, Myron, and this is not to do with me, but Myron refused to work the last how many months of his contract at 1250. Just refused to work. Ah, you know, the Steelers are gone. I'm not really here now. And the PD, I think it was Greg Weston, said, well, yeah, the con- I'm not going to come in here. You want to make a big deal out of it? You go ahead. I'm not going to come in here. So he didn't. And nobody made a big deal out of it because he's legendary Myron. And then... Um, so he quit a job. The last thing 
He didn't quit. He stopped showing up, and he kept getting paid. Def- definition of quit. No, okay. he didn't get, keep getting paid. Well, a professional would have showed up. Seriously. You would have. I would have. Bill, I'm not so sure about but, uh, I wouldn't but, have. But there you go. But uh, but then he, he starts working for – the first thing he did for DV was the Steeler draft that year. And we still had the rights to Steeler draft. That's the last thing 1250 uh, had for the Steelers before it went to DVE. You know, the all-day type thing. Myron was calling in updates between songs. So Myron goes up to Greg Weston. I'm down there. Myron goes up to Greg Weston and says – I'd like to come on and say goodbye to 12.50. I'd like to say to the listeners. And I go to Greg Weston, don't do it. Don't do it. It won't work like you think it will. Greg Weston lets him do it. Myron goes up to the mic and says, This is Myron Cope. I want, you to, I want you all to know you don't have to listen to this station anymore. Switch over to DVE right now. And then he starts cackling. You would do the exact no, I same. That sounds Absol- like, it sounds like a story about you. Absolutely, I would not. Absolutely, I would not. That That's insulting for you to say, seriously. Absolutely, I would not. And I said to Myron when he left, I go, you just earned the right to finish your career with my foot up your ass. And I fulfilled that. I think that. you have to bleep that. What? Really? Yeah. What I just said? Yeah. Why? Well, because you talked about inserting you something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're not allowed they to. They do it all the time on that 70s show. I know, but that's a that's television, and this is radio. I say it all the time on my show. Oh, are you serious? Yes. Oh, you're so lucky. We never get to talk <laughs> about insertion on this show. I don't think I don't think of it as that lucky. I just think of it as another day in the life. I mean, every day we're racking our brains. How do we go on without talking or a day about in insertion? The I don't know. Well, Adisa Bakari has been talking out of that orifice for the last seventy-two hours. So, let's, let's let's finish with that really quick. So Let, that's it. That's the story. Uh, yeah, uh, it's not enough to hold a grudge, but I could see how you would have been annoyed at the time. Yeah, it's, it's enough to hold a grudge if I think it is. Yeah, no, I know. For you, yes. I like the Myron impression. Is it good? Yeah. Uh, and plus, you know, I'm in his book. Sounded like Led Zeppelin. I'm, I'm in his book. In his You're, book. You are. Yeah, he, he mentions in his book. This is in his book. Seriously, he goes, uh, Mark Madden, I imagine this is how it sounds in the audio book. Uh, <laughs> Mark Madden called me an angry, drunken little dwarf, and we were going to sue him. <laughs> But then the day we were going to file the papers, I ran my car into a tree for a DUI. (laughs) (laughs) He wrote that in the book? Yes. That's pretty funny. (laughs) Uh, You know, and one thing I've always believed, I was wearing a green uh, hat and uh, a Keebler Elf uniform. (laughs) I'm I'm sure you wouldn't begrudge me this. I don't believe we have to like everybody. No, I don't think you do. That has like, you know, this. But liking and respecting are two totally different things. I didn't respect them. I can tell i respect i respect the work ethic of the clarks i'm just their music's not my thing okay that's fine music is subjective comedy is subjective but when right you, yeah that's that's the point i'm getting to okay uh levy on bell the, the florio by the way seems to be like working for lev bell he I has been this. writing so much on pro football talk he's taking a brave stand against the steelers <laughs> the steelers won't pay more than somebody's worth and lev bell has challenged them well, he's misrepresenting. He's like the I think. French Resistance. Dun, 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 Do you really dun, think dun, the, that the Steelers put a contract on the table that only guaranteed ten million dollars? That's what pro I, f- football talk. I is think saying. they might have done that, but for whatever reason, they're doing it is for cap purposes to offset the pain of paying him what they're going to pay him. I'm sure there is an intelligent cap reason behind look, look, it. Look, and here's the bottom line too: he was going to get uh, ten million in a bonus, and what was it going to be each of the first two years, Tim? There's going to be 33 million guaranteed over the first two. Not 45. guaranteed, but because they don't guarantee past the first year. Well, not well enrolling guarantees, and that could mean roster bonus, workout bonus. Et he, he was going to get 33 million, right? Exactly. Technically, technically, the 10 million was the only 
hard and fast guarantee, but they just weren't going to cut him before the first year. No. Let alone, That's let what alone, we keep saying. Let alone, like, like the guaranteed thing, if you assume it's only $10 million in guarantees, that's if they give him the $10 million, then cut him before he plays it down. Right. And he was going to play under that contract. There was no way they would cut him before two years were gone. He was going to get $33 million. As if that was going to happen, which is just... It's almost as ridiculous as the Steelers coming out and saying, we were going to give him $70 million. <laughs> like It's just ridiculous in either directions. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe, maybe Art Rooney will have a press conference and say, did I say I would? I me- what I meant to say was I wouldn't give him well, not, $70 not, million. Not only that, I, I just not, misspoke. Not only that with Bell, though. This nonsense that he's a hybrid. He's not just a running back. He's a slot receiver, too. F that. He's one player on the field. Sure, his function switches around a lot. But last year was not a good year for him. His yards per carry dropped by almost a full yard. His catch, his yards per catch dropped half a yard. He just wasn't as good last year. And frankly, he's overrated. He's really good, but he's overrated. You can be both. Yeah, Mark Madden. Uh, he's doing this afternoon, 3-7. to seven. Oh, you have to be really good to be overrated sometimes. On ESPN. Or no, I'm sorry, not ESPN. I uh, quit there. What? Well, they fired me. Yeah, well, you wouldn't finish out your contract. Uh, oh, what? no, I, actually, I wanted to. <laughs> and you know what? Like Myron, they kept paying me. <laughs> well, but, but I wanted to show up. Well, there you go. Well, there's the difference between you and Myron. Uh, that and blood alcohol level. Mark Madden on 105.9 The X. Thanks to B.C. Taylor for joining us to talk about the continuation of the legendary uh, concerts his father started many years ago. The B.E. Taylor Christmas uh, uh, concert Feel the Love is back this year December 17th at Heinz Hall also thanks to Louis Anderson for joining us the legend Louis Anderson was he, he was on yeah. I missed that I got up a little he was, he's hilarious he really is I've he, seen him in Vegas he's unbelievable he goes out there and kills I think people have the impression that Louis Anderson is just like your mom's comic or something no he's really good he's he, pretty funny he turned in into day, his man. mom as a comic that's, <laughs> that's but, why yeah. yeah he's so funny I love Louie. Some, uh, some guys live in Vegas, Bill, I'm sure you, you could uh, agree with this. Some of the guys that you see on TV are very different when they get in a club. Oh, my God. Like Jay Leno. I mean, oh Jay God, Leno yeah. doesn't work. Jay Leno doesn't work blue. But I didn't like him on The Tonight Show. Just didn't. I mean, the way he did it, it was, it was too oh, it was, smarmy. Yeah, it was terrible. But, but he's a real good stand-up. David oh, no, Spade, unbelievable stand-up. You know, he just, uh, there's some guys. Brad Garrett. Think. Brad Garrett. Yeah, that, yeah I've I, seen him out there, too. Saget. I, I, uh, I opened... A uh, the Kansas City Improv with Brad Garrett, and he, they had all these signs when we got there, and it was like X-rated show, Brad Garrett X-rated. I'm like, what X-rated? Was he take off his clothes? But he said, no. People show up to see Robert. People come and, here to hear Robert right. talk, and he comes out there, and his 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 act is filthy. Filthy. Well, you know what? You know what? I knew he was more than, and I've seen him since in Vegas. Yeah. When I knew he's more than just what you saw on on the Ray Romano show was, uh, he did he did play Jackie Gleason in a biopic, and he was really good. Really? Yeah. The pick wasn't great, but he was really good at Jackie Gleason, and you yeah. saw that he had uh, a different dimension there. Yeah, he bought a club out there. He bought Dangerfields, and now it's Brad Garrett's club. Yeah, I think that's in uh, MGM Grand. I think. Uh, also, thanks to Jeff Conkle for being on the show this morning, Mr. Wednesday, uh, and uh, tomorrow on the program, all kinds of stuff in Stan Savern. The Be Like Mike competition, or rather contest, continues. Sign up at dve.com. You can spend a day out at camp. 
you and a friend, and uh, we give you uh, the wardrobe like Mike. You get cargo shorts, a Steelers uh, golf shirt, a Michigan State hat. Uh, we'll give you a USA hockey jersey. Your hotel Wait, be room. like Mike Pursuta. Yeah, your hotel room is going to be... Fest- How do I not enter? Yeah, yeah. you go to uh, dve.com. You, I'm sorry, it's a double negative. I meant you don't go to dve.com. No, that's cool, actually. That's a good deal. You go to the uh, University of Michigan website. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you get two tickets to the Steelers-Titans preseason game. You get to go on the sidelines with Mike, and your hotel room will be decorated to look like Mike's dorm room at St. Vincent College. They have your funeral at Sharky's. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.